This episode of Watch Out for Fireballs is brought to you by Atomic. That is my book that I'm kickstarting right now. It is the second in the Power World series. Uh, you may remember Power Worlds from Souls of Darkness. These are fake Worlds of Power books. Uh, this, you know, Souls of Darkness based on Dark Souls. This one is based on the world of Fallout. Really excited. Nick Daniel of Latchkey Kingdom is back to provide the art. Uh, I have a lot of really cool stretch goals and rewards. If you go to the Kickstarter page, you can check that out, and I would appreciate your support. Um, if you'd like to pre-order the book, I think you'll like it. Um, go ahead and, uh, you know, because it's a Kickstarter, there's a, it's a nightmare link. It's a big, long, you know, string of numbers and letters and stuff. So uh, the easiest way to find it is either to Google or to find me on Twitter at G-A-R-Y-B-U-H, and uh, it is my pinned tweet. Um, you can also see it on social media. So uh, act fast. And we still have some time left, but I would love to see uh, some of those stretch goals get met because they are super cool things. Thanks. Coming this fall. Now, Lara, my dear daughter, I've uploaded my last will and testament in .wav file and left it to you on the Croft family Zoom. I thought you might want to listen on the go. You always were quite a spitfire. Know this. You come from a long line of antiquarian book hunters, and in order to continue this legacy, you must follow these three simple rules. Rule one, extend librarians every professional courtesy. Yes, ma'am, we do carry all those titles that you mentioned. Uh, De Mister Reese, the Panoptic Manuscripts, uh, a first edition pounded in the butt by my own obvious parody, a Chuck Tingle Tingler. Now, you're going to have to apply for a guest pass using this, uh, this year kiosk since you're not a student. Uh, excuse me? Ma'am, this is a closed stack, so you can't just come in. Ah, 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 oh, I'm dead. Rule two, treat the books with respect and care. And rule three, most of all, make sure you have fun doing it. Ah, Miss Croft. Uh, all of your guests have arrived, including the several who have previously faked their death. Uh, why, here's Truman Capote now. I'm Truman Capote. It's time to freak the fuck out. Angelina Jolie, Ian Glenn, and introducing True True Caporte as Truman Capote. It's Tome Reader. In the shadow of the legacy of the Pistol of the Sphinx. My name is Gary Butterfield. My name is Cole Ross. 
And you're listening to Watch Out for Fireballs. It is a Games Club podcast. Yes, and this week we are talking about Tomb Raider, which is a 3D platforming game developed by Core Design and published by Eidos Interactive for the PlayStation, Sega Saturn, and PC in 1996. Yeah, and this is our first executive produced episode. Uh, so if, you know, we run a Patreon at patreon.com forward slash DuckDTV, at a certain dollar amount per month, you get to dictate episodes. And this is the first one we've done. And special thanks to Allison Baker. Yes. Uh, friend of the show and friend, personal friend who suggested this. And I'm really glad she did. Yeah, I, I'm very excited to talk about this, even if, uh, well, you'll hear it. <laughs> yeah, it's it's it is a, it is a very interesting game with some fatal flaws. Yes. And, and it, it really, really high highs and very, very low lows. Um, you know, because when when we go, you know, going back to the PS One era, like of course I was, you know, fearing a soul reaving situation, <laughs> where the soul reavers are you, about. You you were afraid your soul would be riven. Then yeah, I did not want to get reft. Uh, however, uh, this is not that. This is a significantly more successful game. Um, it's just uh, really really hateful. Like at the <laughs> end, it's just back half is a hateful nightmare. Yeah, uh, I have no idea how anybody plays it. Uh, I I push through. Um, it is, uh, but only through, uh, like criminal abuse of save states, um, like, yeah. you know, just, and, and, and it's really tedious, you know, it's not, uh, uh, very tedious save stating. Right. So, cause I was playing the PC port. I wasn't playing, um, an, playing emulator. an emulator. Yeah. So the, by what save stating, I mean, going into the menu, saving, <laughs> selecting my file, saving, <laughs> waiting for those loads. You walk one square forward, save, because you never know when something is going to send its way out of a wall and kill you. Yes. Yeah. Or there's just, you know, the, the weird geometry means that I'm going to slide, you know, I'm going to walk forward and that's going to be a slope that's like slightly more than 30 <laughs> degrees. So Laura can stand on it and it goes directly into lava. Yeah. Uh, and not, no, not that other lava, the walls are just made out of <laughs> like the actual bad lava. Like yeah. the, the end of this game gets pretty bad, but yeah. the beginning of it is wonderful. Yeah. And I'm looking forward to talking about that. Yeah. Um, so in this game, uh, this again, this feels ridiculous because it's so iconic. But you play as Laura Croft, uh, who is an archaeologist who explores tombs and ruins full of traps and vicious animals to find artifacts. Uh, put quotes around archaeologists and maybe quotes around vicious. Yeah. <laughs> and quotes around animals, like given the fact that like a lot of these are just uh, humans. You know, right. Or one of uh, a lot of them is human. Yep. Um, so this is kind of a like a. a it is a prototypical 3D platformer that does not play like a 3D platformer. No, no. Uh, you see here play the 3D platformer, you think Mario 64 um, or, or variants of such. And this is a, a 3D cinematic platformer. Yes. So it is a 3D Prince of Persia or Out of This World or something to that effect. Yeah. Um, where everything is about figuring out what, what kind of jump you can just barely make or mm -hmm. stringing together a bunch of, uh, you know, a bunch of uh, movements, hoping that you do not fail. Um, it really unlocked for me once I realized that this was like a 3D Prince of Persia where everything was tied to these animations, right? Her running, her jumping, mantling, they're all pretty deterministic um, because everything has this set effective range of what you can do. And a big part of kind of becoming fluent in this game is figuring that out and learning how the space fits together. Well, and the the feeling of, like one of the big joys of this game is the feeling of mastery that comes down to knowing exactly how far Laura can do anything in yeah. any given situation. Like, you know, you start out uh, guessing, you know, even <laughs> if you do the tutorials, like it feels like a lot of times, like you miss jumps that it feels like you should be able to make, or at least right. that was the way it worked for me. Um, you know, because I was, I was just a little bit off. Like it was a square off. 
Mm-hmm. You know, and then uh, by the end of the game, it's like, no, I know exactly what this avatar can do. Yeah. Uh, if I had video, you could actually probably see the curve of that mastery by how awkward the movement was. Like you go from kind of very tentatively feeling around different corners and stuff like that and readjusting to actually being pretty, pretty fluid in the way that you move. Right. Mm-hmm. And if you go and look up uh, not so much speed runs, but just like full runs of this, you can't even tell that this is like 3D tank controls. Like it ends up looking pretty cool cool and dramatic yeah yeah it has that that same kind of like early 3d game where there's a you know the control scheme is viable it's just not the one we all settled on so um like playing an old resident evil or like playing kingsfield or something like that like it just takes a while to get good in your hands right like it gets there and it just becomes kind of second nature and it's like oh i know how to control this game but it takes a little while uh to get there um one of the weird things about this is that the game is world made up of the this cubes uh, uh, it's all made out of cubes. I'm a crusher. You into a little of cubes. Um, it is. Uh, so the whole world is made up of these things, and Laura's movements are tied to these. Uh, not one to one. It's not like you know moving around on a Final Fantasy Tactics grid, uh, because you can step within these these cubes. Yeah. But if you press forward while running, you know if you don't make an active effort to walk, you will move forward one cube. Right. Um, and these cubes are super important. Like Laura can jump a certain number of cubes. You know, uh, jump up a number certain number of cubes. Running will carry you a certain number of cubes, etc. And figuring out that they had to restrict the world design in this way to make it, you know, so grid bound was a huge thing that actually made this possible with the limited uh, kind of graphical capability and just kind of limited understanding of how navigating 3D space in a game like this should work. Like this was their kind of it's a linchpin or the epiphany that led to this game being made was tying everything to this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and it's also uh, it shows. Like this is a game that like the Q the cubiness is uh, incredibly evident, and this is something that the sequels would go on to hide much better. Yeah, as uh, you know, they got better at working with the system. So like Tomb Raider two does not look nearly as cuby. They they hide the kind of strings. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is Mega Cube. <laughs> uh, this is down in Mega Cube one. <laughs> down in the the Dread Complex. You did down in the Cube District. Yeah. Yeah, Cube uh, District down in Cube. Um, <laughs> So you have a, you have a little bit of uh, ability to control the camera, um, but it, it tries to it does the thing that all early PS one games does, where it tries to find the most helpful angle for you on purpose. Um, I think this is like as far as cameras and in PS one kind of games, I'm gonna give this like a B. Yeah, yeah. Like a B, you know, B maybe B plus. Like it's good in most cases. The more cramped it gets, the worse it gets, of course. Yeah. And there were a lot you because ranging is so important. Like. If I am in like a little corner that is a one cube by one cube and I need to figure out how to jump out of it, mm-hmm. um, I need to be able to look forward. But sometimes <laughs> you can't. Like right. the camera will just be up in the sky looking down Laura's like, you know, weirdly razor sharp cleavage. Yeah. And that's, you know, and I can't get it to move out from that. Right. Um, so, and it'll also move to uh, give you a dramatic angle on stuff as well. So if you're doing a run out of that particular uh, kind of dead end angle, it'll swing down and show uh, at the side as opposed to actually showing you behind. Yeah, behind yeah. And, and that's not very useful when I'm again, I'm ranging. I need yeah. to see what's ahead of me because, you know, 90 percent, not 90 percent, but like a lot of this game is yeah. sizing up jumps. Right. Uh, that is like a primary mechanic of this yeah. game. Yeah. And so like the, the, the designers seem to have a really tortured relationship with this camera because as much as the camera itself is a B, there are very much just times where they it feels like they've designed a death trap around its limitations to kind of fuck you. Like running yeah. around, you know, running down a hallway and then you turn a corner and then boom, there's a spike trap. <laughs> yeah. 
you know. And that, that kind of goes into the, the more hateful uh, kind of design of the second half of this game. Yeah. You know, which is, is just like that would have, you know, even if the camera was perfect, they would have figured out a way to fuck you. Yeah. Like they would have found a way to fuck <laughs> They would have found a way. They would have found a way. So you move Laura herself with uh, with tank controls. Um, and mm-hmm. you also have like a walk and run button. Uh, so you have just your regular, hey, I'm Laura walking uh, pace. You can run, which lets you do longer jumps. And you also have kind of this fine, um, like, like supermodel, you know, heel toe, heel toe walk that you do. Mm-hmm. Um, that lets you do fine adjustments within a square. You won't fall off of an edge if you approach it. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, doing that. And you also have a quick roll, which turns you around and moves you forward one square. Yeah, essentially it functions as a quick turn. Yeah. And that that kind of functionality would expand in the sequels where you can do you know kind of jumping quick rolls things like that but here is pretty basic. Yeah. Um if you know if the camera is like a B I'm going to like tentatively give this like the Waffy award for swimming maybe. Oh yeah. <laughs> yep. Like how is the swimming so good in this? Like <laughs> I have no and idea. how come later games can't get this fucking right because like <laughs> you know even even modern like you know very very recent games have a hard, really hard time with this and swimming in this is surprisingly good yeah I, like and i think that it's because you're not because they don't have to um worry about just hey you press in the direction you want to go because everything is so tank control they, they can just assume that you're going to be fine like aiming her uh, pitch and yaw like you do mm-hmm. it's so good <laughs> it's part of how it, the spaces are designed with it as well so like if the space is, uh, you know, a lot of times it's you're swimming in pretty wide spaces, and when you're swimming in tunnels, um, there's nothing, there's no hazards, right? You know, so and and Laura can hold her breath for a very long time, <laughs> right? Uh, you know, which makes that that kind of work. Like I was surprised by how not obnoxious the swimming was. What if I told you those were not breasts, but actually air bladders? <laughs> I would, I would, I would be surprised. <laughs> She's got two mouths uh, on her chest that she put those air bladders onto. Ooh. That. Uh, yeah, that's yeah. Uh, that's suckle uh, suckle air from it. Yeah, you yeah. just put when when the plane is going down, <laughs> put the mask on your sentient chest mouth before putting on yourself. Right, that's yeah. basic. I mean, uh, yeah, the the, <laughs> the pre-flight video. It's full of all these jokes that kind of get in the way of the information that might save your life, but yeah, it's in there. Yeah. It's in like there. Like how to install a chest mouth. Yeah, and how to make it sentient. <laughs> uh, um. <laughs> So, uh, as I mentioned before, it can feel kind of clunky and unwieldy. Um, but once you figure it out, like, okay, everything is animation dependent. And for me, part of being successful was realizing that it's not about pressing the button at the right time. It's about dialing in the move that you want to do so that when the animation triggers, you actually end up doing, you end up performing the action. Uh, so it's not about pressing the jump button right at the edge. It's about getting that dialed up. Uh, the example for this, well, it, go ahead. It's, it's very, that's very specific yeah. because it is, um, I mean, this might've been what the, the next point you're going to make, but yeah. it's, uh, if you're running less than a full cubes with, uh-huh. you do need to press it at the right time. If it's more than a full cubes with, you can hold it. Yeah. Exactly. So, so <laughs> and, but, and knowing those situations is, is really kind of key. Yeah, yeah. Or like catching onto something like you, you know, during your entire jump, you know, you, you just have to hold down the catch button as opposed to just trying to press right, right at the time when you're like within range. Like you, mm-hmm. it's it's a little bit like Assassin's Creed where you just dial the stuff in um, specifically. So the example that I have here and the one that, that I want hope hope comes through in audio. So think about taking a running jump. Um, Laura will only do that 
on the third um, stride in a sprint. So as she uh, leaves one cube with, right? Um, a single blocker cube gives you enough space to make that happen. So making a proper jump, it's all about kind of establishing that distance, getting all the way back in that cube, which it often requires you to do, make a running jump off of just one cube. Um, and then, you know, running and then holding down the, 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 the button when you sprint. It feels really loosey-goosey, but there are very specific rules um, about yeah. when that stuff will fire. And the, the places where the game kind of falls down in, in the control is where uh, when you need to not do that. Like yeah. there are times when you, yeah. you, know, you need to make – you can't make a running jump. You need to make a shorter jump. Mm -hmm. um, and then that it, it is timing dependent, hitting yeah. the jump. And if you hit that jump on the wrong frame of her run, she just won't do it. Right. So or... you hold jump if it's a square or you press it if it's less than that. And sometimes that just messes you up. Or the weird fact that you have to uh, jump and then tap forward. Mm-hmm. You can't you can't press forward and then jump because then you'll just do like a run and then you'll you'll, you'll fall you'll fall off of the platform where you're at. So you have to press the jump button. She will do like her reel up and then you press forward because that aims aims her. Um, you can't press left or right because she will do a uh, a crazy uh, a crazy precise side jump that does a complete yeah. flip. <laughs> it, it's it's like a lot like piloting like a robot. It feels yeah. like. Like, this is, like, a, a really, really large-scale game of BattleBots, <laughs> you know? Like, I wonder if there's, a, like, it's almost like an idea for, like, a game jam where you could do this game uh, with literal programmed actions. Oh, yeah. Like, you have you have Laura at one end of the thing. You get to look around and free look as much as you want, and you have to program in the actions that will get Laura to the other end of the thing. Yeah. Like, that could, that could totally work. Like, this could be, if the sound cues were a little bit better, it'd be like that, the person we talked about when we did... Um, Abe's Odyssey. Abe's Odyssey, which is the other cinematic platformer we've done mm -hmm. for the show, um, and the person who played it while they were blind. Mm -hmm. um, you could almost do that with this if the, the sound cues were a little bit better, because it yeah. is so, you know, uh, uh, so so stilted and robotic. You know. Yeah. Um, yeah. So most of the game is uh, kind of solving pu uh, solving puzzles by altering the environment. Um, so it's a lot of like looking for the switches. Yes. Um, you know, and, uh, the other, you know, it's probably like one third looking for switches, one third sizing up jumps. <laughs> um, you know, so navigation puzzles is what I consider that. Like, how do I get from A to B yeah. and then, uh, killing wildlife. Um, yeah. <laughs> there's way more combat in this game than I remembered. Uh, yep. Um, and I mean, I don't, I don't hate that. It gets tedious at a point. Um, especially you get like some really tanky pumas. Yeah. Um, but uh, I actually one of the things I like about combat and we'll kind of talk about that, uh, you know, in general here, but um, is I like how it can come at any time. Mm -hmm. um, something this game doesn't do that later games do and uh, specifically the Tomb Raider 2013, but like a lot of games do this is demarcate your gaming zones. So mm -hmm. it's like, you know, I'm at the bottom of this cliff. The camera's going to show me the top. Nothing's going to attack me. I'm not going to have to engage in any systems. I'm just going to have to get up there. Right. And then once I get up there. Oh, I've hidden behind a crate and it's going to show two guards talking. There's a lot of them that signals it's a stealth section. Mm -hmm. So that means I have to engage with the stealth system now. Yeah. Um, this doesn't do that. Like this is everything bleeds into itself. So while you are, you know, doing these navigation puzzles in the middle of them will be switches you have to, to hit. And after you get to one place, like bats will come out. Yeah. Like everything is kind of blurred together in a way that I actually appreciate. It feels a little bit more organic and less gamey. Yeah the alternative i think that that works incredibly well up until you get um <laughs> up until you end up fighting majority humans and mutants 
Um, the mutants that, are, are inexcusable. Like right. the humans and mutants, yeah. Every the last half of this game, the combat gets like everything is too tanky, mm-hmm. and uh, that actually ties into the reward system, which we'll talk about here in a little in a second. Yeah. Um, but everything is way too tanky in the end, and it gets uh, because everything is getting more frustrating. Um, you know, as a when it was kind of like tense and cool to have to pull out my guns and deal with these bats while I was on like a precarious ledge. Mm-hmm. Now it's just like, man, I need to fucking make this stupid jump because I don't want to do this over again. And now you're going to make me fight a, you know, <laughs> I don't know, like a centaur. Yeah. Um, yeah. A, a blood uh, centaur. Yeah. Yeah. That's, and that's when it gets really obnoxious. Yeah. I thought. Yeah. Um, something we didn't talk about. This is a block pushing, a block pushing game. Oh, um, you push blocks so slowly though. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> Why do they allow that? Like, just, <laughs> yeah uh. <laughs> um it would be unrealistic if she could push these pyramid sized blocks uh in one in, in one go but if they're requiring you to do it don't make it a th- uh a three to five second long animation that fires as yeah. it goes it's pretty it's really, yeah. you could have made it the way you would have made i thought that too because i was like oh a big part of laura croft's entire steez you know mm-hmm. is that she is like peak human performance but not like supernatural like she's not right, super right. strong you know and all of the games with her uh emphasize this just eliminate the the sizing the boulder up motion. You know, <laughs> yeah. just have her immediately start pushing it. You know, like like half that fully half the animation is her kind of like squaring her hips, yep. like crouching down, putting you know, just have her walk forward and push it. Yeah, and it would make it so much you know so much less tedious. I understand that there's value, and uh, it is not a an easy task to make that animation like look natural. But the you know you, know, you can cut out those steps. You can make it less intricate, and would lead just to, to a make it yeah for ease yeah. of use. Yeah, yeah. you know it yeah. would have maybe looked a little bit worse. And I understand this was like a real kind of graphical powerhouse. You know, like the way she moves is was something that was really you know lauded yeah. at the time. But it's just uh, on you know if you're going to add this many block pushing pushing puzzles, I just it needs to be quicker than that yeah uh back to the combat uh so you have infinite ammo pistols um except for the one level where they take them away um which is which is nice that is a good consideration and those pistols end up doing okay damage you know there's nothing mm-hmm. that you can't kill with that it's just a matter of killing it uh how quickly you you you, you eliminate the threat right yes um, and you can find other weapons but those have limited ammunition and that so that ties into i don't think it's a bullet point so i think this is a, a good time to talk about it um, ties into a kind of a weird aspect of this game, which is how it handles uh, secrets yep. and exploration. Um, because uh, so the game is full of secrets. Uh, every level has uh, three or four different hidden areas you can find. Um, the reward for these are always pickups. Right. Um, it's either health packs or uh, guns and ammo, and it's doing a thing that like we I feel like I've been talking about a lot on the show, where it presents something as fully optional, but it makes the end game excruciating without it. Right. Uh, so the player who is more casual, who just doesn't, you know, isn't going to find these secrets, is going to have a much harder time on the end than the player who is really hardcore, mm-hmm. who would benefit from having more challenge at the end. Right. It's the same thing Neo does. It, it's a weird inversion of those, you know, those two different player kind of psychographics. So, like, <laughs> for somebody like myself, um, I for games, I'm not a completionist. Like, I'm not going to find all the secrets in a video game. Um, and some of these are very, very deviously hidden. Like yeah. I watched a YouTube of, of somebody finding them all. Um, <laughs> so when it came to the end, when I like they really are just emphasizing combat, you know, there's these blood centaurs everywhere. Like I, you know, I've, I've got like 10 Magnum bullets. I didn't get the Magnum until <laughs> near the end. <laughs> I've got a little bit of Uzi and I wasted it all on this boss. And like I have no resources. Yeah. Uh, which is part of the reason why. Uh, and, and on one hand, you could be like, oh, that's your fault. You didn't explore enough. And I was like, that's like seven levels ago. <laughs> you know, yeah. like I, I can't I can't have this Chekhov's punishment thing. 
yeah. happened to me. And and the game the game for the player like that kind of uh, is as difficult as you want to make it mm-hmm. is something I value a lot in games. And like for for my situation, even if I wasn't playing this on a deadline, which like I finished this like a week and a half ago, the deadline wasn't a factor really. No. Um, the uh, for the kind of player I am, like I should have an easier end, not like a nigh impossible end. Yeah. Because of that, so that you know, basic resources as an exploration uh, incentive mm-hmm. is a really bad idea. Yeah. Um, I don't know. You know it should be something special. Place, but well, like you know, I got like little treasures. Yeah. Like Chachki's points, you yeah. know. Um, you know anything like that's not great either, and I'm still not that doesn't entice me. Yeah. But at the same time, for the person who is the completionist, like mm-hmm. you know, they want yeah. they want to find the secret. Like that's what they're doing it for. Yeah. If if you don't get those, and if you don't conserve your resources because you don't even realize that they're going to completely rip that rug out from under you, what that turns the end game into, like the entire last fourth of the game, the last biome, it, it just makes it into something you're going to be redoing over and over again. Yeah, um, and and <laughs> cause way more resent than I would have maybe ordinarily had. Right. Like I by the time I I finished this, I stayed up until like five one night because I needed yeah. to like just have this done and yeah, behind yeah. me. Yeah. Um, and I, I was so mad. Like I was like <laughs> so cranky about the end and like, and I would have been cranky anyway. Cause I think the end is not very good in general of this game, but like I was extra cranky because it's like, I just, I'm strapped for everything. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, every health pack and they just start making, uh, the risk reward for getting, uh, resources near the end. Like, oh, there's a health <laughs> pack up there, but it's behind like a series of like really nasty hazards or it's like right under a rolling boulder trap. Yeah. Things like that. Like if you, if you want to try to shore up your supplies at the end, get fucked. Yep. And it's because, like, because I, you're, you're either going to die instantly or you will take enough damage on the way back from that, that it will completely uh, negate the benefit that you would have gotten from that pickup. Exactly. And that happened a lot of times, you know? Um, so like for the player who, uh, who wants that extra challenge, they're just not going to get it. They're yeah. going to get to the end and find an easier experience. Like it does a disservice to everybody. Yeah. You know, when you, when you have those, when you don't, uh, cater to both those kind of player types i think yeah so really really frustrating i found um and like when i found secrets like it was always nice you know they play a really pleasing jingle oh yeah and the uh you know and i found a few of them i just wasn't going to you know this is a long ass game and i wasn't <laughs> going to like scour every level for them right right you know yeah so that uh that that jingle is really important i think yeah, to to, yeah. to it's very de- nice. demarket, um, and that Mystery that feel, <laughs> that, that, that's uh, it, it's also something that they do in like uh, like id games, you know, like mm-hmm. this is very much an early '90s, early '90s PC kind of experience, you know, in that's, in, yeah, in that's, a lot of ways. Actually, true. Like the the way that um, like Doom or uh, uh you know, or, or Wolfenstein or something like that. Um, you can end up strapped for resources as well yeah. if you don't find the secrets. But the way those games hide secrets is less obscure than this. Yeah. Like that's just wall humping. And that's <laughs> tedious. That's not like I don't think wall humping is a good mechanic. Right. But these are very like every once in a while it would the perfect secrets in this game are like, hey, I wonder if I can do that. And then <laughs> you can. And that's, you know, and it feels great. A bunch of them are just very like hidden in the geometry. Like it feels like they take it. They're hiding. They're camouflaged by the low graphic fidelity. Yeah. Yeah. Like on purpose, like oh, this doesn't look like this doesn't look like a wall, but it is. You you, you know, played, things like that. You played this on the PC, so you didn't even have to deal with the swimmy warpy textures and geometry as well from yeah. the uh, from the weird from from the weird PlayStation hardware uh, limitations. So um, imagine finding secrets when uh, everything is kind of an acid trip around you. Yeah. <laughs> 
So it, it it didn't that didn't did not end up being the major thing. Like I said, the last few areas, the last quarter of this game would be bad regardless. I think. Right, right. Um, but that ended up bumming me out, and it's something yeah. that I I've noticed games doing a lot, or I've noticed more recently. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um. So with this combat, um, <laughs> sorry, we 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 got a little, a little off track from my outline there. Um, shooting. Oh. Oh no! Yeah. It's, yeah, no, it's fine. No, I just, uh, <laughs> I, I'm just, I, I am lampshading the awkward transition back to this, back to the combat. Um, you don't aim, which I think is merciful. Oh yeah, yeah, that would be that would be really really rough. Yeah, it is more about just maintaining your orientation and also um, knowing how to move so that things can't hurt you. Yeah, concentrate on dodging. Yes, um, and you can you just hold down the button as well. You don't have to tap shoot. Right. So and the uh, the kind of sound effects and everything for the pistols is very satisfying i yeah. find is the rhythm of it um and because you will auto aim you could do the resident evil thing of like checking for enemies uh-huh. by pulling out your gun so like i essentially like you know i play laura like a like a maniac who is always shooting um <laughs> you just go into a room just like like shooting just on the off chance there might be a bat so you can kill it it like, feels it is... in character for her <laughs> she yeah she's a she's a psychopath like laura croft is, as a character is really something else like yeah she, she's yeah. not sure that anything exists outside of her <laughs> she probably thinks she's in a sim like this is probably a kilgore trout situation yeah, like it's like a like, like a know, peter teal we're in the hologram. Not kilgore trout, uh yeah the other the other guy in uh, breakfast of champions yeah <laughs> yeah 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 oh. sorry i can't help you out there I, I, no, I, 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 the, I, the name of this gave me, I feel like I'm going to lose a license of some kind, but <laughs> yeah. Um, but that is helpful. And again, the, 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 the limited, uh, or the unlimited ammunition is good. We mentioned the health pickups. So those become incredibly important. Uh, as far as I could tell, there was no limit to how many you could carry. So having those stocked up, you lose your health. Um, uh, mostly I found not so much in combat, but by, um, falls and traps and things like that. Like you're just by moving around in the world, you're going to, you're going to soak some damage. Yeah, and what, one thing uh, the character's name is Dwayne Hoover, by the way. Okay. Um, or Wayne Hoover. The uh, one of the things is that you uh, there's no uh, sound or feedback when you get hit by something. Right. Right. Um. So like there'll be times like there'll be spikes on the ground or something, and if you walk through them too quickly, you'll get hurt. Or there are like sw- you know swinging blade traps, and you can run through it, and there's no real player feedback other than your health bar going down that you've been hurt. Right. You know, it's kind of weird. Like you can be lower on health than you think you are. Yeah. Uh, if you're not keeping an eye on it. Yeah. And also the uh, the health bar is on a little bit of a lag. So it's almost one yeah. of those anime deaths yeah. where you're cut in half, but you don't know it. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> like you've been uh, this uh, this saw trap blade uh, was crafted by the finest Japanese sword makers that have ever been. Um, so and when you actually do die, um, it's pretty violent. And this is something the game is really known for. Yeah. Um, I, I could I admit when I was playing this when I was young, like, you know, but whenever I found a save crystal, like saving it and then swan diving off a cliff. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah just for the thrill. Like it wasn't like, it was like, Oh yeah, take you, take that neck break, baby. You know, it wasn't, I wasn't like getting off on it. I just like, it was a weird subversive GTA feeling thing oh, where yeah, it's like, yeah. You know, I could I could make some violence happen and see it. <laughs> um, my my first experiences with this series were with Tomb Raider two, specifically with a demo that I think came on a uh, on like a PlayStation Underground kind of thing. You know, very similar that game <laughs> that, that that game is. But uh, like I remember just like this feeling of all pervasive dread because I didn't want something terrible to happen to Laura and thus me. Like and yeah. just the, the the sheer variety of ways that that she could die was something that I hadn't really encountered up to that point. Yeah. 
It's a, it's a, it's not quite it's it's visual, which is the big difference because right. it's not quite as varied as like a Mac Avenger or something no, like that. No, no, that's what I was thinking. It's yeah, you just get to see it, which is you know, <laughs> which is great, buddy. You get to see, it, which is just hot. Yeah. Um, um, there there are cut like uh, there are a couple of um, uh, specific points where you can die in special ways, but like a lot of the times you're going to be impaled on spikes, which sucks. Um, or you're going to just fall a very long distance. I love that animation because, uh, again, like it's programmed in. It's not ragdoll. So she collapses in a very, in a very specific way every time. It's like her uh, her, her joints come unpinned. She's she's like folding herself for storage. It's like it's like she she's a she's a Nordic track. And at the end of the day, you're gonna slide her under the bed. So like. <laughs> Okay, so what what we have to do is make a YouTube video of her falling, except instead of the duh, 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 just put in the Transformers noise. Chunk, 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 chunk. Yeah, yeah. It is very much she t- crushes herself into a cube. Like, <laughs> well, she just wants to fit in. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then a smaller Laura Croft walks across her back. <laughs> like, like Laura Croft Inception. We're coming up with a bunch of ideas for Tomb Raider game jams. Yeah. Here, like somebody, somebody take this theme and, uh, so, and, and so run you, with it. So you work at different scales. You have to make big, big Laura die in specific places. So small Laura can, uh, can, can clear yeah. the gap. Yeah. <laughs> like tiny, tiny Laura, Laura Croft. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, so the, so the uh, like I said, the deaths are very violent. One of the other things too, we were talking about uh, being scared too about something happening to Laura. Uh-huh. Um, I did. It's really weird. I didn't experience it one whit this time around. Okay. When I was a kid and played this, I was so scared of being in the water. Oh yeah. Uh, in this game because of the crocodiles and the way that like they could like slither across the camera behind Laura. Yeah. And there is that dramatic irony of like I know the crocodiles there, but my avatar doesn't because it's back. <laughs> you know, even though they're the same, but like you know, her back is to the crocodile. Yeah. So it used to really scare me being underwater in this game. And, like, I didn't feel it at all this time. It was just a thing that really used to spook me. It's really weird because I remember back in the Half-Life episode, we talked about how the Ichthyosaur still still got us. Um, yeah. Again, just because sharks are terrifying, because you are powerless in their in their domain, and they are they are apex. You know. Yeah. (laughs) It's just it's strange how that happens. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, Gary, you got the better end of the stick by playing the DOS version, uh, where you're able to save anywhere, which is... I, I didn't start out doing that. I oh, like, no. was playing on. Yeah, I was playing on. And uh, here's a kind of a cool tip, like a thing that I did, um, is that, at least for the early game, when you don't, it doesn't require saves coming, is uh, one of the cheat codes in this game literally just finishes the level for you. Okay. So between the two, I played on both things. I kind of made my own cloud saves. Oh. Huh. Uh, because uh, at some point, and like, and, you know, uh, spoiler, when I was talking about, like, you know, getting and spoiler take away my gamer cred. When I got to the part where the game started being really hard because I didn't have those secrets, mm-hmm. I cheated myself in all the weapons. Yeah, because fuck it. Um, I was like, okay, let's just pretend like I got all the secrets. Yeah, and um, and, and that still limits. I, I did that as well. Um, once yeah. I once I got to Atlantis specifically, um, that doesn't give you infinite health packs either. Like that, like no, that no, that, no. that resource, you're still fucked. Yeah, yeah, and it yeah, it's not. It does also doesn't give you. Yeah, so the um. By using those two cheats, that one and the level skip thing, I would play on my PC, and then if I wanted to do a level in bed, I would skip my PS1 save up to where I was on the PC. Oh, wow. Do that level, and then when I went back to PC, skip up to the next level. So I kind of like made my own cloud save ping pong version of the two. Oh, wow. To play, um, which is kind of cool. Yeah. You know, because, uh, and then eventually I couldn't play it on the, my PSP at all because of the save crystal thing. <laughs> but for the first like half of the game, that's not really a big deal. No, no. Uh, 
But the PC version is significantly better because you can save everywhere and it looks mm-hmm. better. Yeah. yeah. Um, there's some weird sound stuff with it. Um, the PC port specifically uh, omitted the music um, and replaced it with ambient sounds. Okay. Um, and then you can patch back in the music. Um, I did both. I played it with the ambient sounds and I patched back in the music. Um, the music the, make, uh, makes amb- a difference. I, the music, I think, is very strange. Like, I think it's very, like, because it kind of comes, not randomly, but, like, it's still quiet for a long time and yeah. then comes in. You know, it's not like mm-hmm. there's there's very short musical pieces that play from time to time. Yeah. Um, Usually when you walk of, into a room or uh, you uh, kind of cross into a, a particular threat area. Like a combat, yeah, combat zone. Yeah. Um, you know, and the the majesty, like, the walking into a room, uh, you know, music always works for me. Yep. The combat zone stuff sometimes ends up being silly because it doesn't <laughs> match the length of the combat. Nope. Like it can end before the combat does or vice versa. Um, it's all, it's all fine. Like it's all fine music. Yeah. Um, I kind of like the ambient version though, because it makes mm-hmm. like this game is like kind of a lonely, cool game is one of the things we're going to talk about is the atmosphere. Yeah. And just the ambient noise, like makes you feel like really alone mm-hmm. in this thing. Like it, it, it up the, up that feeling quite a bit. Yeah. Um, I, I love that lonely exploration. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. Uh, you know this isn't a walking simulator, far from it. But um, it does give me you know that you know beautiful vacuum kind of sense, especially yeah. when you're not fighting humans who are shouting stuff at you and rolling up on their skateboards. Yeah. So that's the weird thing with the uh, with the PC thing. Yeah. Um, and you can do you can do either or though. So just to make it clear, like you can patch back in the music if you want. Yeah. Um, specifically, we, we need to talk about how these save crystals work, because on the console um, where they where where in Tomb Raider one, they, they, they can't give you the ability to do that or decided not to. The designer just decided where you could save. So there are fixed save points within a level. And whenever you saw one, you knew, OK, things are going to get real up ahead. Mm hmm. Uh, it's, it's and sometimes worthy. they're okay. hidden too. Like sometimes they're, I mean, not really hidden, but they can be back in a corner or something. And the way that your your kind of uh, environmental awareness can work in this game, you can miss them. Yes. Um, there's a very early one, I think, in the second level um, where you get up to the top of a, a series of jumps, and it's off to your left. Oh, jeez. Uh, the save crystal, and it's you can very easily like if you just happen to accidentally walk too far or something, you can start the encounter without even seeing the crystal. Ugh. It's kind of in the corner, you yeah. know. Um, and on the PlayStation, sometimes stuff doesn't draw in all the way. So the crystals wouldn't be um, straight up Sims plumb bobs. They would just be a couple of polygons floating over in <laughs> one area, um, which I don't know if that was an emulation bug or if that was the way that it uh, presented. It's worth noting that uh, the Tomb Raider 2 uh, would introduce Save Anywhere to the console. So this is only a problem on the console version of this game. Yeah, it was Tomb Raider 1. Yeah. And the Save, uh, the Save Anywhere thing, it kind of creates um, it's super sparse checkpoints. Yeah. Because you can, you know, it's not like you're going to run back to them like a Resident Evil save room and save again. Mm-hmm. It's you can only, you know, they disappear. Right. Uh, you know, and uh, so it just means you'll always respawn there. So it's essentially a checkpoint. It's right. just you have to manually activate it. It's just they're way, way too sparse, especially in the end game. Right. Um, so we should talk about um, Laura Croft herself because she is, I, th- I think her importance outstrips even this particular game. Uh, she's notable for being, you know, one of the first female protagonists in a major, uh, game for consoles. And that, I, I draw that distinction because if you look backward, you had something like Metroid where it wasn't clear that, uh, Samus was a woman until the very end. Um, and you also have stuff on PC, like different King's quest games that had female protagonists. Like, yeah. Like Laura Bow and, yeah, and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but, um, you know, again, Laura kind of became this cover girl for video games as a result. Like, she was a huge mascot, especially for ushering in the PlayStation generation, you know? 
Yeah, she she is a much more successful mascot than your fucking Crash Bandicoot or what have you. You know, like this was the you know, the idea you know kind of behind her. But she, I feel like she's a she's a league above. Yeah, Crash. Yeah. But um, but it's like, hey, our mascot can be a human because we can create something that is at least somewhat convincing as a human. You know, yes. the fact that it's a mascot that is not just a little anime dude like Alex Kidd or you, you know an anthro character like Sonic uh, is a is a pretty big deal. Yeah. Um, and she was always designed to be a sex symbol. Right. Like that, that is explicitly part of her and is kind of like been part of a weird kind of controversy or push and pull with mm-hmm. her where she has this element that is kind of like a feminist icon, you know, like a very early female protagonist in a video game that is like very competent. Right. You know, like she's very competent. She's in, in any given situation. She's the smartest person in the room. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, she gets, she saves the world. She gets the, the crystal skull, whatever. Yeah. Um, she's also like not dressed for it particularly well, <laughs> you know, like she's not, it's not terrible. She's not in a bikini or anything like right. that, but like, you know, she's not dressed for, uh, you know, protection from the elements or anything like that. She's dressed to be sexy right. and she is, uh, you know, has big pendulous titties, you know, just I mean, not pendulous, <laughs> Specifically right not pendulous. They, they but, stick conically out from her torso. The idea is I think that they're supposed to be pendulous like IRL. Those would be pendulous. Pen, pen, oh, of course. Pendulous yeah. girls. The, um, but you know, and they, uh, and the the irony there, like this is, this is like one of those things. It's like Exhibit A. If I was like creating a course in the you know weird Gary like doesn't like horny video games thing, yeah, is this is such an exaggerated example that reveals the truth though of the difference between the <laughs> the character and what the actual model looks like, right? Like the idea that people wanted to see this naked at any given point, <laughs> when it is is so abs- it's abstract to a degree that like I have no idea how this could make the blood in your dick move, like. <laughs> At all, <laughs> like at all, not even close, you know, and, and then it, it's not like it gets better when they do like the super rendered versions, but like right. the idea that this character as not just, you know, the, the fan art or whatever, but as the polygon character, people were like, oh man, yeah, you know, <laughs> like, like this is, I, I gotta get it. Yeah, you know, if, if I, if I tried to get up on that, I would be cut because she's very angular. Yeah. You, 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 you would pull back a, like a bloody stump. Like, like you, you would literally castrate yourself trying to have sex with Laura Croft, the video game character. It'd be like the end of Call of Cthulhu. Somebody would be, somebody would be devoured by a non-Euclidean angle. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. It's the pickup line that, that she uses in bars. Like, <laughs> Do you want to be devoured by a non-Euclidean angle? Oh, excuse me. I turned and my boobs just like literally knocked over the entire bar. Like, <laughs> Um, it, it is just, it, it is, it is obscene to me that, yeah. that somebody would do that. And it's like, it's not that big a difference when you draw for me to draw a line between this and like a companion and dragon age. Right. Right. You know, like they all, they all look like fake, you know, piles of video game stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, she, yeah. I mean, she, a lot of her presence and a lot of people even just know her from like stuff outside the game too. Right. Like yeah. she, you know, was on magazine covers, you know, all of the ads for this really leaned on kind of the pre-rendered version of her. And even as the series went on, you know, you could just track, um, how her proportions changed and stuff. It was very, uh, I mean, I don't know. I'm not qualified to say whether or not it was a step forward or a step back because in the game itself, her femininity, her, her 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 femininity has never drawn attention to at least in Tomb Raider one. It's not really an issue. It is not. Uh, it is not gross. There. It is just in the stuff that surrounded it that it became. And so, yeah, it's a marketing thing. Yeah. You know, and just and I mean, 
Yes, but it was definitely a choice to make her her weird pointy boobs that big. Yeah, and you know even the the in game model. So like yes, the stuff around the game is is more sexualized. Like mm-hmm. you know the these like you know ginormous you know sweater tits. Yeah, are are sweater very much tits. like that. That was a choice to I make. Think, I think the phrase is sweater horny. meat. Sweater meat. Yeah, no, I don't like referring to women as meat. Cool. Yeah, I'm like that's you. True. I just say, I feel like <laughs> didn't just. <laughs> no, I just. Yeah, I'm just. Jeez, no, I was. I, like, I, I, I just, <laughs> okay, you know I'm kidding. Um, yeah, I just. Uh, uh, I still, I still think even in the in-game stuff. Yeah, yeah, that was part of it. It doesn't play through in her personality at all. No, like no. she's not like coquettish. She's not, you know, uh, a woman of ill repute or anything. They don't do anything troubling with her dialogue. It's just like. <laughs> You know, her body and the way she dresses like right. it's, her, it's her body and the fact that she's, you know, uh, doesn't really dress for adventure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, when we talked about people wanting to see her nude, um, you know, nude Raider was a thing like it became it was released as a patch for the game unofficially. And this was kind of a legal uh, concern. I was considered taking uh, taking legal action against uh, the sites that would distribute this patch. It was never official, even though there were people who said that it was you know, that the, that the hoarding designers wanted this to be true. And the, uh, rumors of a nude code of a nude code on the consoles basically, you know, made this game synonymous with, I I want to see, I want to see triangular breasts. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, uh, if you, if you take a look at this any, any time, which you have to be careful because this carries forward into, there are mods as such for the more recent Tomb Raiders. <sighs> yeah. Like it is like this never went away where she is more recognizably human. Yeah. Yeah. Like this, this has been always been a thing where it's like, what if we could adventure with this girl and have her do all these like competent, badass things, <laughs> you know, uh, if she just happened to be naked. Right. You know, just imagine the scrapes, man. Um, <laughs> well, you're, just like, well, you're fighting bears for most of the time. Why do yeah. you want to send a naked person in against bears? I know the clothes aren't going to protect you very much, but right. like, yeah, geez. Um, but yeah, this continues to be a thing. Yeah. If, if, like, if, I, if is, I was uh, in a hurricane, I would still clean up my umbrella, you know? Like, yeah, <laughs> exactly. I, I just looked up, uh, the, you know, the, you know, try to look up, you know, a Raider, uh, on online and just found like a thousand pictures of Tomb Raider 2013 naked. <sighs> so gamers are gross. Yeah. Um, nope. That's what I got too. Yeah. So, mm. Um, Laura became, you know, as we said, Laura became like kind of a big part of pop culture and, uh, kind of famously was adopted by U2 as imagery for their pop mart tour. Uh, <laughs> what will undoubtedly go down as the least embarrassing moment in U2's history. Um, <laughs> which like, may, I mean, maybe and this like, oh, we put our album on your iPhone without you knowing it, yeah. uh, stunt and things like that. Like as the, you know, uh, embarrassment of, of Europe, U2, <laughs> um, the, uh, so they, they would have, you know, they'd be up there playing, uh, you know discotheque and shit and then there'd be a picture of laura croft like doing some tomb raiding behind them on the screen because virtual reality <sighs> multimedia yep um the video yeah. for californication yeah yeah Blech. <laughs> um, so a little bit of history of the character uh, initially they wanted this uh they wanted tomb raider to have two protagonists um, a, a male one and a female one. Uh, Laura was designed by Toby Gard, one of the design- designers for the game. 
Um, and they scrapped the, uh, the, you know, the male character for, uh, budget reasons. Like, Hey, we don't want to do these, uh, pre-rendered scenes with, you know, two, two different people. It just ended up being unwieldy. Um, and guard actually, uh, cited Virtua fighter and watching people play Virtua fighter for their decision to stick with Laura, um, going in and saying like, okay, when I see people play Virtua fighter, even though there are only two female uh, characters, most of the time it's people playing with them so like this this can work this has an appeal so let's let's give it a shot mm-hmm. yeah. um and her kind of original background was this like militaristic yeah thing um and this actually plays in if you look at um things they cut from the game like there were going to be uh grenades um things like that like the um this used to be much more fighty the weird blood centaurs used to send like meat bombs <laughs> at you instead of kind of abstract ps1 fireballs gary i don't like thinking uh, of bombs as meat you know it's just me <laughs> yeah, but i know it's the uh yeah i mean you're, you're much more enlightened with the bomb community than i am it's, it's uh with the bomb um, <laughs> oh, oh gosh there soy, we go. bomb from the <laughs> soy bomb <laughs> from the bob dylan <laughs> performance yeah yeah so the whatever happened to him <laughs> Whatever happened to Soy Bomb? I think that um, no, no, that's, no, a, that's, a, a, that's an Eels song. That's not a <laughs> sorry. Whatever happened to, Seal, to to him, or whatever happened to Soy Bomb is an Eels song. Whatever happened to Soy Bomb is the name of an Eels song. I think that I have a um, my one of my uh, first girlfriends, his brother. I'm friends with him on uh, her. Her brother. I'm friends with him on Facebook, and he's really kind of obsessed with Soy Bomb. And I think that somebody found an article that like tracked down the Soy Bomb. Okay. And like, I think he posted it and I was just like, I don't care about soy bomb. But now, now that we bring it up, like I'm more interested in soy bomb and like, I should, I should look it up and see if there's a, if there actually is an answer to that eel song. Yeah. <laughs> the point could of be. The, the, the point of the eel song is that nobody cares. <laughs> oh, it's a, which is uh, well, you know, th- this guy cares. Yep. <laughs> Joe cares. Um, but so it used to be much more, much more fighty. Yeah. Um, it had all these things. Uh, and, uh, they decided instead though, they were like, well, it's, uh, you know, probably because of that wasn't working. Right. Yeah. You know, like what, what can this engine do? What can we do? Exploration. Well, let's make her like Indiana Jones. It was a smart choice. Super smart. Like this would not be, uh, would not have worked as well. Like one of the cool things about, uh, Tomb Raider as a franchise, even though she is a psychopath who kills (laughs) scores of animals and people. Yeah. Um, is that, uh, that is never really the focus. Yeah. Like that kind of exploration and, and hyper competence is always right in the spotlight. Yeah. Um, so if you look at her in game, especially in cutscenes, she kind of has a very flat affect to her. Um, her voice actress, uh, Shelly Blonde was directed to uh, do that, to be kind of emotionless, to make her like a female bond kind of detached, uh, kind of dispassionate, which I don't know if that works too much, but it's there. Uh, the voice actress changed in later entries, right? Yeah. I think this is the only one that is uh, Shelly Blonde. Yeah. And then it moved on. So several different people have uh, played her. Um, so this is uh, the, you know, the kind of the very first thing in a very long successful series. Yeah. Um, you know, and actually like successful kind of like a, like a, a, a U shape, mm-hmm. you know, a, a parabola shaped series, which started off huge, <laughs> um, kind of suffered from annualized sequels. In yeah, the beginning, yeah. The, uh, you know, Tomb Raider 2 came out one year later. Tomb Raider yeah. 3 came one year after that. Two, two um, is considered to be pretty good. Three adds way too much human combat. And then four and Angel of Darkness, I've heard nothing good about. Yeah. Yeah. And then there was this weird, you know, kind of just period after that where they were trying to make reboots um, and uh, just kind of not quite there. They're, they're, um, so, they're fine. I like Tomb Raider Anniversary. It doesn't have a lot of the stuff that makes this feel very particularly successful. Um, the um yeah yeah well i mean my understanding is too that like they're fine but they're not 
you know, they weren't in the zeitgeist. It was very much like a throwback kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. They they, they were never incredibly popular. They're competent, but um, it wasn't like, hey, Tomb Raider's back in uh, in PS2 form. Yes, which eventually they would kind of come back with with the uh, 2013 reboot, just yep. called Tomb Raider. Yeah, um, which is like a semi open world, uh, you know, shoot stealth explore uh, game. Yeah, which people yeah. like. It's a popular, yeah. well reviewed game. Like I had fun with it too. I just have a lot of. I think it illustrates a lot of shitty things. Yeah, I'm I'm, uh, I'm curious about it. I've had it for like three years, <laughs> um, it, but you know, it's, time. honestly, like as much as I'm down on it, like I can't. I can recommend playing it like when you're in the mood to play a video game ass video game. Yeah, yeah. Like it's like I just want to get you know, uh, be led from kind of place to place. Uh, you know, have a very clear goal. Mm-hmm. You know, do some stop and pop cover gunplay. Yeah, I want to shoot know, somebody it, with a bow. Yeah, I want. Yeah, I want to use this. You know, the bow is pretty fun. It's a good bow, um, but it, and it's it's a uh, so it's got those. It's got elements to like about it. Um, I think that the the, the uh, story plotting stuff is really really bad. Yeah, and they missed a real opportunity. There's this like real queer subtext behind it that never pays off. Yeah, uh, that is so palpable. Like I'm, yeah. I'm not the first person who's noticed. Like everyone has as I've seen about it has talked about it, and it's like it's so weird that it doesn't end with her kissing this girl. Like yeah. it is the only thing that would have made sense, and they didn't do it. Yeah. So. Hmm. Oh, well. Um, and then, you know, Rise of the Tomb Raider, like that series is going strong and uh, people people really seem to be interested in it. Uh, this also uh, directly led to like Uncharted being a thing as well. We're yeah. going to have to do Uncharted, too. Like it'll be a while like in it needs to be at a time where you would be receptive to something really cinematic. I think that is a good and fun game that does a lot special. Um, I don't know. It, I don't know that it, that it is as inventive as this necessarily. I was, it will just be, it'll be hard for me if I was going to, like, I'm not saying no, but if I were going to play that, I wish I could have gone back in time and played it before I played the last of us. Oh yeah. Because I know they're really similar and like, I love the last of us. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's hard for me to map those feelings onto a romp yeah, for me. Yeah. Like I'm just kind of ge- generally less in the mood for a romp at any given time. <laughs> you know, I'm yeah. like the, the only guy who didn't like guardians of the galaxy. Like I'm not, I'm not pro romp. Right. Right. You know, like I, I like, I like, you know, I need to be as dark as wet black velvet, you know, for, <laughs> For, for me to get into it usually so that's fair. And that's not always true but like you know that that a lot of the things that i know about nathan drake and the characterization and stuff yeah. are real turnoffs to me yeah it, it, that that shows up but it's not as huge of a deal honestly like mm-hmm. I, I think that uh um uncharted 2 does the best job at not making it a parody of you know nathan drake himself okay yeah that's good yeah um and that's i've only played two and four and four is kind of okay but two i thought was very special yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm totally down to do it. Like, I just, you know, uh, I just, I can't make any Gary, I need you to it. sign this contract. Sign this yes, piece of paper. Please. The uh, <laughs> I just I just don't know. I just don't know whether I'll dig it. And maybe I will, because I like, you know, I like The Last of Us. And even yeah. something like, like I said, Tomb Raider 2013, like, I still had fun with it. Like, yeah. sometimes it is fun to play a video game-ass video game. Yeah. You know, that that is not particularly ambitious. It's just a video game. Yeah. Um, uh, a couple of yeah. other spinoffs from this. Uh, there was the co-op uh, action RPG series, the, the you know Tomb of Osiris and etc. I've never mm-hmm. played those, but uh, uh, Dennis from the level he plays those with his wife Jen, um, and he says that they are very fun. They look kind of cool. Yeah. They're like isometric action games. Have you played those? Um, I've I've watched a bunch of them. Okay. I haven't played them. Um, they they seem like they're really similar to the reboot of Gauntlet. Mm. That is uh, extremely fun. Yeah. So, um, um, and I have played uh, Tomb Raider Go. Though, yeah, I love the awesome. whole Go series. Yeah. I wish they were a little bit distinct from a little bit more distinct from each other. Yeah. Um, they are really cool though. Yeah. Tomb, Tomb Raider is the most different between them. Yeah. Uh, Hitman and Deus Ex are very similar. Tomb Raider is more exploration-y. 
Yeah, Tomb Raider definitely does the, does the best job of that. Like I, the uh, the Deus Ex one was the biggest disappointment to me in yeah. in terms of it being pretty much like Hitman Go. Yeah, um, which is fine. the Tomb Raider one is which is <laughs> yeah which is cool. It just there doesn't need to be a second one. Right. I think the Tomb Raider one is probably the coolest one. Yeah. <laughs> um, this also uh, spawned a uh, successful action movies. Yeah. Um, Tomb Raider and Tomb Raider and the Cradle of Life. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, two uh, sequels with Angelina Jolie. Um, if you, uh, we just covered the first one for Adaptation Decay, which is a show we do uh, at, for patrons at ten dollars a month or more. You get an episode of the show. Um, you can also buy those uh, a month after they come out. Two months. So beyond two months after they come out, so be on the lookout for that. Um, it's a pretty fun episode. Yeah. And uh, and I haven't watched the second movie, but the first one I liked. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so it's not it's not great, but it's a good popcorn flick. Like it, that. Yeah. There's plenty to recommend it. Yeah, I think it, it's pretty pretty fun. Yeah. So yeah, she's not going anywhere. This is a this is a big uh, you know, this is a, this is a mainstay of video games. And it's part of the reason why I'm really glad Allison uh, suggested this because yeah. I think this would have occurred to us, but I have no idea when. No, no. You know? <laughs> like uh, I, I, you know, I I'm probably a little bit like you. I'm a little bit gun shy about going back to a PS1 era um, 3D platformer. You know. Yeah. Yeah. And and pleasantly surprised. Yeah. Um, so let's get into it. Uh, Cole, tell us a little bit about the plot. Yeah. Uh, so the game opens up with a scene that feels apropos of nothing. <laughs> um, uh, there's this nuclear test at Los, Al- Los Alamos uh, back in the 40s that exposes this weird plate in the ground. Um, and that reveals uh, a-, a strange pod that starts to open up. Uh, in, in <laughs> it introduces alien technology uh, in a way that will not be paid off for at least 12 hours. Yeah, for a really long time. Because <laughs> yeah. uh, this is a very plot-like game. Yeah. You know, um, up until the end where it actually comes up, like when in looking at uh, the guy who was showing me the secrets and stuff, like was a super fan um, on, on YouTube. And he was just like, yeah, this is the tomb that does this. And this is why this is here and stuff. And that information could be extant. I'm not saying the game doesn't have it, but yeah. it's largely optional. Right. You know why you're in any given place at any given time <laughs> is pretty, pretty optional. Yeah. Um, so you flash forward to the present day and uh, Laura is approached at her mansion uh, in Calcutta by a man named Larson Conway. <laughs> he's, um, a bang, bang, he's, bang, he's a cowboy. He's a cowboy. He's coming back. This <laughs> cowboy is coming back, baby. Um, he delivers a laptop with uh, this character named Jacqueline Natia? Natla. Natla. On the other end of this laptop doing kind of a conference call. And she offers Laura a job to go to Peru and to the tomb of Qualopec and find an artifact called the uh, Scion. Nope, and it's that called is the Scion. The Scion oh, is how they yeah, pronounce it. It's so dumb. Yeah, I forgot how, the, yeah, because, yeah, the Scion. Do you think they knew? <laughs> I don't know. Do you think it's a direction problem or yeah, like what? It's, it's like one of those things that really upsets me about uh, Planescape where it's where, where it's Sigil instead of Sigil. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I wonder I wonder if, they, if, if the original draft was about getting a car. <laughs> and then they just they just changed it because this was not la dude where's you know, laura where's my car uh, <laughs> the uh and it was a scion yeah um because so she's this, a dj this, she's carrying her equipment around yeah D, uh, laura's party mix um <laughs> yeah the, the sky on uh so, so the mission begins there as uh, laura helps open the door and guns down a bunch of dogs like really setting the tone <laughs> yep. of like laura killing dogs yep, just just straight, straight up murdering some puppers uh yeah just 
Yeah, if if you if you don't like dogs being killed, this game is not for you. <laughs> yeah, uh, and then uh, get, gets locked in the ruins, and that's uh, where the game starts. Right. Um, so uh, yeah, Natla, somebody who will not uh, show up again. An anagram of Natla, Atlan. No, that can't mean anything. Oh. <laughs> mm. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, so we're in Peru, uh, kind of starting out in the caves, which is uh, before we go there. There's a oh, tutorial shit, yeah, thing yeah, to yeah, talk yeah. about. I can yeah. because this is one of the things that the, the game is the, the series is really lauded for. Yeah, uh, when people uh, kind of wax nostalgic about Tomb Raider, they oftentimes talk about the the mansion. Yeah. Levels and this is so clever and good. Yeah, <laughs> like this is a really good way to do the tutorial. Like you can select it any time from the menu. It's not mandatory. Mm-hmm. It talks you through. It's it's diegetic. Like it it talks you through this thing like Laura's training routine that she has because she has these like gigantic rooms set up with ramps and stuff. Yeah, um, <laughs> it's really fun. Yeah, it's great. Um, and I really enjoy uh the flavor that is loaded in that. You know the fact that you have the butler uh coming around. Yeah. Um, in the second one, uh, the mansion is bigger and kind of more, um, kind of, a, you know, sim, simmy, like it is yeah. more like an actual mansion. Yeah. And the, uh, the big thing to do was to trap the butler in the freezer. Oh, of course. You know, <laughs> sim style. So you can have a very special bottle episode where he thinks back on all the adventures. Yeah. <laughs> all, all the mistakes, all the wrongs he's done and yeah. all the people he's hurt. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Um, no, but this, uh, the, 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 this stuff is good. Um, but even without that tutorial, which, you know, you can't get hurt, you can't die. There's no real threats as far as I can remember. The, the, the first level of these caves in Peru, um, it, it's, it's a very linear level. Um, there's very little danger in this, like, uh, you know, it's a couple of, couple of low stakes enemies, a couple of low stakes jumps. There's very little like instant death falls. I love this first level. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, the, and the way that it kind of like acts as the first part of the you know the the first foothill of this uh uh kind of gentle slope that becomes a fucking wall later on yeah this works really really well um one of the things i like about this is that it is uh and this is something that um is out of style at the time in games um is that there are a lot of like kind of pointless dead ends in this like this feels like a cave system mm-hmm. um it doesn't feel like you're going through a system of tubes right you know like um you you go here, and one of the very first things you have to do is head off to your left um, as you're walking uh, and kind of climb up this this ridge. If you don't, there's just like a big rocky area that looks like it might have something in it that mm-hmm. doesn't. Yeah. Um, and I really like that. Uh, it, it This feels naturalistic in a way. And for the most part, things kind of do in this. Once you get to more kind of man-made spaces, that falls away a little bit. But that will be kind of a value here where there are just kind of – you know, spaces like these are ancient, empty places that we don't really have the full picture on how they were used. Right. You know, or what they were. Um, and then there are places that explicitly are just like this was used as a puzzle gatekeeping thing because it's a video game. But there are always <laughs> going to be these little cul-de-sacs that like are just there to give a sense of place. Yeah. Into it. Yep. Um, I could never figure out the dart walls, Gary. They just uh, they don't combine well with the weird grid like movement. They don't. You, you're not supposed to do anything with them. Right. If you just run, they do very little damage and you just run through them. Yeah. Um, the big problem is they introduce dart walls uh, that do more damage later. Yeah. So it's a little bit like I'm used to just being able to run through these things and these ones actually hurt. Like <laughs> these ones like do 5% of your health. Like they're not a big deal. Right. So I think you're just supposed to run through them and look cool. Yeah. Uh, later on the level, this introduces a bear, which is kind of a bullet sponge and will kill you in two, two, two swipes of its big burly paws. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, and this whole time there's an ambient uh, bat wolf thing. Like getting into a new, new the uh, oh, no. ambient bat wolf thing is my new band. Uh, it's it's that whole that wolf parade wolf uh, science goes too far. <laughs> yeah. 
the uh, the, the way every band has that. Uh, yeah. But there's there's a uh, kind of wolves and bats everywhere. You go into a new area, there's going to be some wolves running around. Yeah. Um, and talk about it, like we talked about it a little bit, but like uh, the combat in this is mostly like fine. Like I said, it, because you it's all about kind of jumping mm-hmm. and managing your aiming. Um, your turn radius is pretty slow. Yeah, yeah. In, you're uh, in Tomb Raider. Yeah. And and it's uh you end up using this against your like perennial mini boss like the guy you put hundreds of rounds in for the <laughs> whole like for seventy percent of this game yeah <laughs> like, uh but it really works against you with your much more mobile enemies so yeah. it does it's kind of a subtle way of encouraging you to shoot from the air mm-hmm. which is also where the combat looks the coolest like another oh, iconic Laura Croft thing is like side jumping through the air while firing two pistols and holding an ice cream cone in both hands while <laughs> you know rapping about dynamite like it is. Uh, <laughs> You know, it is the iconic, iconic badass thing that Laura does. Um, and the game encourages you to do this through these limitations because you can't just stand and fight. No, no. Um, you know, something will get – they do these little, like, bombing runs on you, bite you and run behind you. Mm-hmm. And by the time you turn around, they're already – you know, they're just – they're circle strafing you. Like, yeah. you are a uh, a big, slow-moving boss in their mm-hmm. game. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so. Yeah. Also, uh, do not be afraid of that quick the, – the, the quick roll turn. Yeah, um, that is uh, that, that that is incredibly useful as well, because oftentimes when I was doing those big sweeping jumps, I would put myself into a corner and need to quickly, quickly reorient. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And a quick turn is such a like um, this was before they introduced that Resident Evil. Like that is such a good thing for a tank control game. Mm-hmm. Like I'm playing Dead Space for the show right now. And man, do I wish I had a quick turn. Yeah. yeah that, I just why would you not include a quick turn? <laughs> um, Isaac. Isaac. <laughs> Isaac. <laughs> <laughs> um, so anyway. Um, bear, bears are just kind of tougher. All the animals behave the same in this game too, which is kind yeah. of a bummer. Yeah. They're, they're just all the same run around thing. kind of at random. If they have a path to you, they will try and close distance. Yeah, exactly. So there's no AI at work here on any, any antagonist. No, no. Uh, there's, um, there's one particular room that I thought was uh, pretty great, um, because there's a switch you have to pull that'll open up a door. The door will close after a certain amount of time. There is a, a block that will tempt you into thinking you can make it. And there are mm-hmm. no stakes, like like literally, there are no stakes in the ground that will skewer you and you'll die. Um, but like it's kind of like, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna do this and to, and to save time, I'm going to have to, you know just make this jump, but it's way too far for you to do it. So it's kind of teaching you like, hey, this is the extent of your jump. Like that right there was just a little bit too far, and mm-hmm. you have just enough time if you if you do this semi competently to to navigate around the room and get up to that door. Yeah, land and then do you know get on the smaller block and jump from there. Yeah. And you can make it the, um, this is the, uh, a door is only going to be open for a certain amount of time is one of my least favorite puzzles and games. Yeah. I think, um, I think I've talked about that before. Like, I really hate those because it's just, you know, I mean, I get it. Like it's how fast can you in- do the series of inputs, but it's a real recipe for frustration for me. Yeah, yeah. Um, and this game doesn't go as whole hogging on those as they could. And this one's not bad, Right. but there are a couple of ones later that I find kind of frustrating. Yeah. So, um, yeah. And then, uh, after you get through there, uh, you go through this kind of, uh, the way out is through this floor that collapses beneath you. Mm-hmm. And, uh, shortly after that, the level ends and these levels were, uh, this may made a lot tons of sense when I write it later is that these used to be way longer levels. Hmm. Like this whole section used to be the level Peru used to be a level. Yeah. yeah. Um, but they broke this up into smaller levels, uh, thankfully. <laughs> um, but what that means is sometimes you're just walking down a hallway and the, you know, the little splash screen will just pop up saying you you did it. Yep. You Here, know? Here's how many this, secrets you got. Here's how long it three. took you. Yeah. 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 Um, you know, how many enemies you killed, et cetera. Yeah. Um, so the levels are kind of uh, bisected sloppily. Yeah. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm fine with that. Um, even with that, these levels get incredibly big. 
And oh, they, think, they're way too big. Well, I mean, just yeah. uh, I was I was going to say something positive. Um, they're 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 incredibly big. It's ridiculous that there's no load load times in this. Oh, I mean, you that, think that's about definitely that true. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, that, that's really good. When I say they're too long, what I mean is, and um, is that I wish that the game had chosen long game or long level. Yeah, yeah. Uh, because I got really fatigued by it, even oh, when yeah. the game was still good. Like in the middle, where it's like, man, this you know. This is a really big, <laughs> big, big space for me to try to memorize. And I'm yeah. not about to get out like 3D graph paper and try to map it. Mm-hmm. You know, I just I, I just had to have this conception of space and it they just kind of this widening circle and it just becomes fatiguing. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like it's it's terrible in either case, but it's like by the time I was done with it, there was still, you know, 40 percent of the game left. Yeah. And this is even before it becomes a hateful <laughs> nightmare. Like, yeah, this is when it was still ostensibly good. Yeah. Like Cistern Town. Like this is still like, a pretty good level. Yeah. I just would like to be you know done by now <laughs> exactly you know, it's a pace thing like it's pace yeah yeah you know or it's, it's, it's or it's related to pace at the very least there there are like, some there are some levels where it would take me two hours to get it done like that is yeah. what the that is what the clock would show and even if you look at some youtubers that count deaths oh no it certainly does not yeah if you look at some uh some youtubers even the most competent run of this is like a half hour like doing yeah. nothing wrong yeah if you know the levels perfectly it's like a 40 minute level um, which is huge. You know, that's, that's, I think that's on its own is okay. I th- just think that's like something you do in like a smaller game. Yeah. You know, this game goes on for a long time. It's a long game. And that was the style at the time. I'm not yeah. going to racist grandpa it too much, but like <laughs> it did contribute to a, a real intense feeling of fatigue. Yeah. Uh, partway through. Yeah. Um, so the caves lead through to the, uh, the village of Vilcabamba. Vil- Vilcabamba. The, the city of Vilcabamba. Yes. Yes. Um, and this opens up quite a bit. Um, it mm-hmm. is, uh, it is far more open, far more exploration based. Like you have a goal, like at the far end of this main chamber, there's a locked door and you have, you end up having to find the key. Yes. Yeah. Um, so this is, uh, introduces a bunch of things. Like, uh, initially it is that wide open area. There's tons of wolves hanging out. Um, there is a, a pool here so you can, uh, swimming in is introduced. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can go down and get to this lever that's underground. Yeah. Um, yeah, I have this problem too. I'm glad that you have this as well. <laughs> but we've talked about it a little bit. So when you hit the switch under underwater, what it will do is it will cut away to a picture of a door opening up. However, uh, the the shot is way too close, um, and there's no context for where that is. So guess what? You have to do. You just have to go around and look for an open door. Yeah, or all the doors you'd seen previously, and check and see which ones open. You know, and this is kind of like a sloppy thing anyway. There's just not really a better way to do it. The, you know, like, like then, then just cut to the the goal. Yeah. You know, the, this isn't saying Laura would know. Laura would know. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna end up saying Laura and Laura interchangeably, that's and I've fine. already done it. And yeah. That's, that's just gonna have to be fine. Yep. I think life it, is short. I, I think it will be. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I I don't like this when it pops up. I think that it's uh it's definitely a problem. And again, in games of this era, like the, the the way that this is solved is you know either by making it so that the thing you the thing you activate is within eyesight anyway. Or mm-hmm. um, by having some kind of like, if you're going to do a cutaway anyway, don't just have a stationary camera fixed up real close on the thing. At least like start uh, from a more zoomed out thing and then like zoom into it. So you have a little bit more context for it. I wouldn't be entirely down with like, okay, we're going to take the camera all the way from where you're at to where this is. And then you just have to go and recover that ground that the camera yeah. discovered. That that would also suck. That's a Zelda, you know, like a lot of times Zelda does. Yeah. The uh, like later, like mid, mid-period Zeldas do that. Mm-hmm. The um, I, I think that, a big problem part of this the reason why this is a problem is because nothing is visually distinct yeah it's like a, an issue with the era so like 
I can imagine a door in this game that is visually distinct, even mm-hmm. if you're close up on it, but that's not what we're dealing with here. No. And that's what a lot of kind of, uh, you know, I know I harp on that a lot, but there is a lack of landmarks, which makes some of those, that's part of what contributed to the fatigue. Yeah. Um, you know, partway through my play experience of playing through this is just these really, really huge levels where everything does look pretty samey. Yeah. You know, the geometry is the only thing I can use to kind of mark my spot. There are no like actual like colorations or markings. Very rarely you'll find a room, you know, like, <laughs> oh, this is a room that has a couple of like thatch, you know, pallets on it. Mm-hmm. Like maybe people slept here, but they don't lean into that part of things. No. Very much. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so. I also had a hard time getting the, the switch animation to trigger underwater. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You have to um, you have to hold it for a while. And be lined up like really well. Yeah. Which can be, you know, depending on not here so much, but there are times when uh, air is more of a precious resource and uh, can make that pretty tricky. Yeah. You don't want to, like, just be uh, gyrating around a switch trying to find the sweet spot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, so the goal in this first area is to get this key and this gold idol, which will get you out of the level. Um, and then we get introduced to something that is going to be a constant factor throughout this, which is that every single level is a five paragraph essay. Where it, they, the... they stop that though at a point, like it starts yeah. off that way, yeah. you know, it stops that like that's the first third is that, yeah. I think. And that's really successful. Um, yeah. And then when they give that up, I think it gets less successful. Yeah. But, um, but it'll be like a situation where, hey, you need to clear these, uh, the, the, these little challenges, you know, three of these in order to get through. Yeah. So and they, they, it's very gamey, like lead to one leads to another leads to another. <laughs> right. So, you know, you go in the first one you can do. And this is actually really elegant, though. This is a really good level because these jumping puzzles that you do in these rooms are uh, increasing orders of complexity. Yes. So the first one is just jumping, mm-hmm. like not a real big deal. And um, the second one is like jumping with uh, crumbleable floors, mm-hmm. you know, and the other one is kind of like close quarters jumping. Yeah. Um, so you're doing these just little climbing things that are above a pool of water. There's no consequence for failure, really, mm-hmm. um, to open up this third door. Like, this is really, really good. Yeah. Um, this, this elevation here. Yeah. Elevation. Yeah. Just the, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, it's, it's especially valuable that they're teaching you how to do these kind of technical close quarters jumps because those are not exactly intuitive. Um, and having yeah. a low stakes, a low, low stakes way to figure out how that works when it is not entirely obvious what kind of jump you need to deploy uh, is very valuable. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Um, this opens up a like Sun's Fortress hallway of swinging blades. Yeah. Uh, here at the end, which like this, you know, the perspective and everything, like I definitely got tagged a couple times. Yeah, yeah. It's hard to moving through here. It's hard to judge depth uh, with those. I think so, too. And it, it doesn't, um, you know, it doesn't uh, uh, they don't do this very often. No. Till the end. Um, you get to the end, there's a switch and the switch causes a, like a cartoon trap door <laughs> to, to fall under you. Uh, Who which, reset that? Yeah, just, uh, it's, it's very villainous. It's the, you know, Mr. Burns, the city of <laughs> Villa Burns, but, but like the, um, you fall down into some water and when you get out, eventually, uh, you're in a, a pool with a bear hanging around the outside, yeah. which I was thinking about that and I was like, well, like, okay, bears can swim, but mm-hmm. if bears couldn't swim. That's such a relatable situation. Like, well, what the fuck do I do now? <laughs> I think I can't get out. Like, I can I just like tread I'm, water until I drown from I, being tired. Like, I, I'm a mer person now. <laughs> yeah, this is the sea needs me. How do you do? Uh, if you're in the middle of a pool with a bear around it, like, what do you do? Like, <laughs> French philosophers walking out in chaise lounges and like argue this point. Like, what is the moral thing to do? What is the ethical and uh, you know self-serving thing to do? How do you survive this? <laughs> No idea. <laughs> no idea. Um, yeah, but like we said, bears will wreck your shit. Uh, fortunately, they don't. They, they they don't stick around for very long. 
Yeah. 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 You just you, you get out, shoot them, and then jump back in the pool. Yeah. Gary, let's talk <laughs> let's talk about the Lost Valley. I think I think this is the 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 Stone Cold classic level of this game. Oh yeah. Like if you take the yeah. end of the series. Mm-hmm. Like if you if you were to take, you know, every every game series, every long running game series gets like one level mm-hmm. and you contribute to like the disc we're gonna send to Mars or whatever. <laughs> um this is this is the Tomb Raider level. Yes. Um this is this is phenomenal. Yeah. This is what I shows up in PSX remix. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, this is so good. That's yeah. a great idea. That'd be really fun. <laughs> uh, modders get on it. Um, so, so uh, this one it, it, it buries the lead uh, almost almost literally. Uh, you start in this river, um, and there's a mechanism at the head of it uh, that requires three gears. Again, mm-hmm. you know you have to do a little bit of tricky platforming. There's no real no real downside uh, to failing this aside from losing a little bit a little bit of time, which you know mm-hmm. whatever. It's oh, mo- a bummer. Like I mean, yeah, you, you yeah. lose quite a bit of time. So, but yeah, um, at the mouth of the river, there's this waterfall in this pool, um, and it's pretty obvious that you have to go beyond this to get the gears that you need in order to uh, get out of this level. Uh, and where are these gears, Gary? Um, around like, well, I mean, oh, in a, in a big, uh, well, they are around, but you had to go to this valley, uh, a lost valley. Yep. Um, and it's kind of, this was supposed to be outside. I read this as well, like the big black uh, ceiling that was supposed to be blue skies Okay. Uh, for a couple different levels in here. So like, but it, I like it better this way where it's just like super oppressive. Um, <laughs> you know, you uh, uh, big black skies, jungle environment, and you walk and this the bad draw distance works really well mm-hmm. um, where you walk forward. Uh, a couple of raptors come out, little foreshadowing raptors. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> just a, just a couple of raptors. Uh, Gary, are you talking about a hawk or some kind of kestrel? No, Velociraptors, as were the style at the time. Oh, okay, cool. Uh, you know, I uh, killed a couple of Velociraptors, which, like, I kind of wish the Velociraptors weren't there as a, a prefix, because then a giant T-Rex comes out. <laughs> yep. <laughs> it's, it's, it's the only unique enemy in the game. Uh-huh. Like, there's there's just one of them. Uh, it is essentially a boss fight. Yeah. You know, and it's so weird and cool. Like, the moment <laughs> it comes out is so good. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's um, really, really good. Yeah, I am. I am way into killing a T-Rex in this game. Um, yeah. and just like, it comes out of nowhere and Laura kills what, it, what we, ha- what we have to presume is the last one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's Laura and you kill the last Velociraptor as well. Right. Yeah. Like you kill the last everything <laughs> in this game. I'm surprised there are bats cause like <laughs> <laughs> the hundreds and hundreds of bats you kill during this. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so the trick to fighting the, uh, the, 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 the T-Rex is to, you know, wrangle your way into one of these little offshoot uh, kind of cave passages, passages, and then like take pot shots at it as it as it goes. Uh, a unique way you can die is to just straight up be munched. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, you can also grow some sack and fight it like a man. Uh, well, like it. <laughs> fuck yeah, you. Just, I'm, just joking. <laughs> I, <know. laughs> I don't want you to actually grow sacks. Yeah. Um, the, <laughs> uh, the, uh, but yeah, I I I, I juked it. Because yeah. I did, I mean, I didn't know that there were, I didn't find the side passages. Yeah. yeah. So uh, if you if you shoot it, um, you know, because you can kind of focus fire forever. You know, like you just hold down the button. Yeah. So like as as soon as it's within range, shoot it, and if you can kind of go to the side, it falls pretty quick. Yeah. Like for a for a T Rex, <laughs> it, it dies way quicker than you think. Turns out all she had to do was sneeze in its face. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but this is uh, just an iconic set piece. I man, good on whoever like wrote that on a whiteboard and then made it a reality. Yeah. <laughs> what if there was a raptor? <laughs> um, and and here's the thing is you might think that like there's raptor is going to play into the macro plot of this. No, no it's Atlantis. <laughs> so like, <laughs> it's 
it's it's the other weird thing they could take. Like they really blew a lot of their load on this first one, you know. Like like Laura Croft dealing with the reappearance of dinosaurs could have been an entire game, and Laura Croft discovering the truth about Atlantis could have been an entire game. Oh yeah, but you know. <laughs> so essentially, in out of this valley, there are three kind of tributaries that have the uh, the gears. Right, right. Um, you kind of have to find them, uh, including one that's like broken bridge thing that looks really cool because it kind of positions itself as a secret. Mm-hmm. Like it seems like you're not supposed to get over there, and then like. Right. Oh, like this is actually the critical path. Yeah. Um, and again, yeah. this is that this is just one of those jumps. That is the very limit of of, of how far you can go. And the trick is to, um, you know, make sure you're jumping off the very end of the of the thing and not actually like jumping too early because otherwise you're going to fall. Yeah. And not making take a little bit of damage. They're upping the stakes. Right. Um, you go back, you put the gears in place. This uh, closes a floodgate, which causes the uh, the river that you had been on to be a dry bed. Yeah. Uh, so you can actually get through. Opening this, uh, so you can head down to this uh, this waterfall area mm-hmm. down there. Um, is this where where dude shows up, or it's no, later? It's oh, it, yeah, it is it level. is here, but later. It's on your way out. Yeah, yeah, because you still come back here again. These were all one big level at some point. Yeah, um, where you come back and you fight your first bro. Yeah. Um, so just going behind the waterfall, boom, big splash screen, uh, end of level, and you're onto the tomb of Qualopec. Yes. So this is uh, the the place we're trying to get to. You know, it's buried deep in the Lost Valley. Um, and, uh, this is like a palace. This is mm-hmm. one of the first kind of very obviously man-made areas that we've seen that is in somewhat okay repair as opposed to the, yeah. to, to the city that we saw. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, it opens with a death trap, <laughs> yep. like immediately, um, a boulder that comes down. There's a ramp directly in front of you. Um, you come out, you fight a couple like sport raptors. Of course. Um, <laughs> and then you, uh, you head up this ramp and a boulder comes out and you have to turn around and run. Mm-hmm. Um, if you don't do that in time, you get killed. And I don't right. think you're really meant to, I think you're meant to fail the first time. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. it's right there at the, at the start of the level. So it's not that big yeah. of a deal. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> um, you also end up fighting like skinless dog enemies, uh, which yeah. doesn't pay off until later. Yeah, yeah. These uh, these proto Resident Evil kind of kind of <laughs> dogs. Um, the actual the way you get through this, and I think that what they're going for is when you run away from the boulder, you're supposed to see the switch. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's a switch to the left of your entrance to the room, and I think the idea is to make you turn around so you see it. But mm. it took me a long time to find it because I'm it, an idiot. Well, I mean, uh, it's it's also like a uh, a small little uh, rectangular polygonal thing that is yeah. just sticking out of the wall like it's not really there's nothing that draws your eye to it you just have to see the, the incongruity yeah yeah, yeah. Um, but that kind of opens up yeah. opens up things yeah so the passage of the throne room is blocked by these three gates and so you have to go around and do these kind of uh, uh cramped corridor block pushing kind of things and um um combat trial so yeah yeah so you have the the cramp corridor block pushing uh which introduces the uh the first uh floor spike trap that you get mm. that is just right around a corner over a uh a collapsible uh collapsible floor or under yeah. a collapsible floor which is you know the camera just saying hey fuck you yeah 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 um yeah and so this is definitely that three essay thing you do that there's a combat kind of trial room um, these are just different kind of things. Is there a water one then? Am I thinking of the wrong level? Uh, yeah. Three, um, yeah. Yeah. I might be thinking, sorry about that. Um, cause there are a lot of these that are set up. It's just kind of like do the three things <laughs> to get the three things. Yeah. Um, eventually you do the three things other than the spikes. <laughs> they're not really introducing very much new, no. uh, which opens up this dart hallway to the actual podium in front of the King, um, uh, which as you take it, uh, things start, uh, collapsing. Uh, around you yeah um for some reason i know this game came before it but it reminded me of shadows of the empire 
Mm. Uh, when the echo base on Hoth starts uh, falling apart, because there's really no way to figure out how to get out of here um, outside of uh, just making your run, because you'll just be going through and then a, a, br- a block will fall on you. It is OK. Well, I guess I can't step there. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I then, ended up having pretty good luck with not getting kind of merger on my way out. Yeah. But yeah. it was uh, it was still there's was not too much to do. It's also you. I don't think there's a time limit on it. There mm. might be, but. I don't feel like I, I particularly beat feet and was still doing all right. Um, you make your way out. Um, you head back out the way you came in, and you go back through the waterfall room. And this is when we run into Conway again. Yep. And he's yeah, like, oh, no, no hard feelings, but I need that artifact for myself. Uh, so, you know, Nadla has sent you here to get this um, so they can dispose of you later. Mm. Um, and this is annoying. You just have to uh, uh, leap around, uh, you know, so that you don't you know, basically stay ahead of their gunfire is uh is is the way that you, that you deal with this and he takes the, for, forever to go down the everyone takes a thousand bullets one of the the big tricks to fighting humans in this though is you take advantage of them having the same turning radius yeah uh, that you do so if you get behind them you can just kind of load unload on them yeah like uh you know for the most part so pretty obnoxious though yeah yeah uh, so this whole area, Peru, ends with a cutscene. So Larson tells you that Nadla has sent another explorer for the rest of the artifacts. Uh, you know, you know who we presume is a rival, Pierre Dupont. Um, and oh my God, Pierre Dupont! Like <laughs> this, this mechanic sucks. And like we're gonna talk about it because it's gonna it's gonna haunt us for most of the rest of the game. <laughs> yep. Like I, I hate this. I think it's really stupid. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Laura so. <laughs> uh, knocks Larson out uh, by doing a sweet jump kick. And then we get mm-hmm. a, a transition scene where she breaks into Natla Technologies um, uh, by, by by disabling an elevator and using it as a counterweight, which sounds incredibly dangerous. But that's how she rolls, baby. Um, yeah. And reads yep. their research, this uh, monk's diary that talks about uh, another piece of this uh, skion that is hidden beneath St. Uh, Francis's Folly. And this is one of our first inklings that this is related to some of the uh, lost rulers of uh, of Atlantis. Yes. I think that the Tomb of Qualipec, um is the perfect length for the level a level in this game. Yes, I agree. Like, it's pretty short, but I think this is about what I want with the number of levels we have. Mm-hmm. If they didn't increasingly kind of like a widening gyre get longer and longer as we go, <laughs> um, even though the next section, I think Greece is good. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I just think that uh, if that were the case, the game would be stronger on on its own yeah i think one of the reasons why i bristle at the uh at the paragraph structure for for some of these levels is because as they get longer and as you start because the pattern is very apparent right like okay here's a here's a bunch of a bunch of doors that i need that that i need to unlock with things like just knowing that like i have this checklist of things to do as things get longer and longer it starts to feel like a noose tightening around your neck that you just you're just gonna spend so much time doing this you know yep 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 Um, yeah, so now we're in Greece uh, at St. Francis's Folly, and Greece marks a real kind of step change in how long these levels actually are. Yeah, and, and just kind of the uh, the dumb menagerie. Like, this, this game is not going to do a thing where the animals make sense and there's a reason for you to be fighting anything anywhere. <laughs> it's just all the animals are on board all the time. Right. 
You know, so this was like, why not add gorillas and crocodiles? Like, if somebody had like a speak and say, and they just kind of like <laughs> randomized it until, or uh, is that what those things are called? The uh, a speak like a speak and spell, or uh, not or... speak and spell, the circular thing where you pull the crank down. Oh, I know what you're, like, the cow Shh. says. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That thing. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what that's called. Speak and say seems redundant, but I don't actually know what that thing is called. Yeah. It's 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 a talking squawk. The um so lions are introduced here and then we also get gorillas and crocodiles. Gorillas are, are my nemesis. You know, I find the gorillas to be particularly hard. Yeah. For some uh, reason. There's almost always a bunch of them when they yeah. when they show up. And it feels like, especially in the in the switch room where they where they pop up, uh they come out of nowhere. Yeah. Yeah. And this is where the Pierre DuPont mechanic yeah. shows up. So we can talk about it in general rather than like every time going it over up. it every time. Yeah. Yeah. Like we can we can say like Hey, Pierre shows up. We don't have to talk about how it works. No, no. Um, we can talk about it here. So he shows up, a guy, you know, a cool, like kind of Wesker looking dude shows up and starts shooting you. Yeah. Um, and you have to shoot him uh, just a certain amount of times until he escapes. Right. Like, uh, what is a reasonable amount of times for that to happen? <laughs> like, if you, if you said like three, like it happens twice on the third time you get him, like, I'd accept that. Uh-huh. Uh, this does it six. I, I feel like there might be six times. Right, right. It's a lot. Like Pierre shows up a lot. The, the 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 way that they make him disappear is hilarious too. Because so 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 after he like stops shooting you and starts deciding to run, you just need to get out of the way because what he's trying to do is break line of sight so he can despawn. Um, however, yeah. if you keep shooting at him or if you you know stand in his way or if the way he decides to escape is through you, then the fight is protracted. But like, yeah, he will run into a dead end or like just behind a pillar and then disappear. Like he just boom, goes like Swayze. He's out. Yeah. He just needs to get into, uh, uh, you know, off camera. Yeah. And then he's, you know, and that's it. And, and it's so frustrating because your idea is this is a boss fight. I'm going to keep on this guy, you know, and you can waste a lot of resources. Like if you have found the shotgun uh-huh. by now, which like I had. Uh, the shotgun, you get it. They give it to you at some point, but they do the thing where you can get it early if you find a secret. Yeah, yeah. And early secrets in this game, like I found. So I had the shotgun. Um, I'm like, I need to. This is like a boss. I need to get this guy off my tail. I'm going to chase him as he tries to run away. Yep. It's <laughs> just a big resource suck. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Not a fan of this. He always shows up after you uh, complete a task. So like after you hit these switches in this gigantic pillar room, you know, and then you enter back in, he shows up there as well. Um, And the thing is, after you do that, uh, if you're on console, that is almost always the longest distance that you're going to be from any kind of save. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Sucks. Like, and and just, and and again, it happens a bunch of times. Like it's not, this is not the one time it's going to happen. This is the one time we're going to talk about this much, but it yeah. happens a lot. I think there's one level where it happens twice. Yeah. It's in the like, uh, it, cistern. Yeah. yeah, it is. It is egregious. Yeah. Like it sucks really bad, I think. Yeah. And, and just for me, like the most common situation was, you know, Laura's holding her guts in because a gorilla got to her. And then, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, and then, and then here comes DuPont to finish the job. I think that's what they're going for, but yeah. you just can't play that trick like this many times. Nope. Man. <laughs> it's just, it is just, it's something. It wasn't even that yeah. satisfying when I fucking killed him. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's like, at least that, you know, maybe that's what they were going for, right? Like, yeah. it was just like to be, you know, um, oh man, we're building up a villain that by the time you kill him, it's going to feel so satisfying. And yeah, it's like, yeah. but I, I, nothing was satisfying at the end of this game because, and again, like, I really like this first part. I'm not down on this game in general, but by right, the end, yeah. I was so exhausted and so, like, frustrated by the hate traps that, like, nothing was satisfying. Right, right. I could, I could take no more pleasure in life. Like, it was, it was, that was beyond me. <laughs> you felt nothing. Yeah. 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 
So, so yeah, uh, you know, less to sound like we're too negative. I think Greece is really good. I, th- no, I think Greece, Gre- is, Greece as a whole is very good. Like the yeah. beginning is good. Greece is good. Um, Egypt is loses a little bit. Atlanta is a war crime. <laughs> you mean Atlantis? Atlantis. No, I stick. I stick by what I said. Yeah, I know what I said. Fuck you, Coke Factory. <laughs> if you, if you are, the, the Atlanta, the Atlanta airport is uh, like that art, artificial city from the filth. <laughs> like it, it is i've never been in a bigger airport like you get on these like trams to go around it it's got like its yeah. own culture it's 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 really weird um, I, I really wish that uh they, they like there would be signs that show the the number of miles to the next gate i think it was um uh, the minnesota airport uh that i had a uh that, that i layover it was either that or dallas uh <laughs> for the austin trip where it's like okay well i'm just gonna walk to the next gate because i'm just going from a to c or whatever mm-hmm. uh <laughs> Turns out, I was gonna like, oh, I, I, I could have gotten on a tram. It was probably like, hmm, let's say a half mile to uh, to three fourths of a mile um, to make a tw- like a like a fifteen minute connection. So yeah, 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 yeah. It, yeah. it is really something else. Like yeah, yeah. Uh, any, any, anyway, um, that's airports, guys. Yeah, <laughs> it's our type five on airports. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, what else happens in here? What else happens in St. Francis's Folly? Uh, so the first room has some tall pillars that kind of stretch your ability to make these jumps. And again, shows you uh, like a running jump is not always necessary. Sometimes you need to sidle up right to the edge and then just do a standing jump from there. Uh, mm-hmm. So nothing too big there. Uh, the, the, the the heights to which you're going are high enough that you uh, that you really need to be more careful. Again, they're slowly introducing the stakes from fall damage. Yeah. And there's yep, a yep. there's a secret room that requires it's like a, it's like a neat little puzzle uh, where you have to uh, do a reflecting jump off of a diagonal surface in order to get to um, like an upper level thing where you're sliding and then doing another uh, jump off of that. So like it's a low stakes way to introduce like you know doing these chain jumps off of reflecting surfaces. Yeah, which yeah. which always looks cool. Yeah, when that happens, and, and I think they use that to a pretty fun effect. Um, the main body of the level though. So like you do a lot of preamble until eventually you get to this like huge tower. Yeah. Um, you start at the top and it has these switches on the way down. So you have to kill like tons of bats and come, you know, slowly make your way down, opening up these switches that open up, uh, four doors that are mythological, uh, themes. Right. Um, one of which does not belong. <laughs> no, so many um, of them don't belong. <laughs> well, yeah, it, it is. Uh, cause I think the you know, the idea is that it's Greek. Right. So you get Neptune. <laughs> Neptune, not the name yep. of that in Greece. Sorry, yeah, but, dudes. You know, I mean, yeah, it's very inconsistent. <laughs> right. Um, so it's Neptune, Atlas, Thor, and Damocles. Right. Um, the remake, the, the anniversary one, changes Thor to Hephaestus. Okay. To try to make it more consistent. Better. How does that uh, explain the electricity? <laughs> yeah, it doesn't. You know, so, so yeah. Um, and this is, so it's moved on to a, a pretty long level and then a four-paragraph essay appended yeah. to the end. Mm-hmm. You know, but these challenge rooms are really imaginative and good. Yeah, I like, like these. I, I, I like these a lot. They're 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 themed around the uh, around the figure. So the <laughs> way that this ends up working is like um, it, it, it ends up working out like you navigate your way to the bottom and then climb this tower and hit these switches uh, to uh, to get them like in a reverse order on the way up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and at the bottom, uh, our friend Pierre shows up again. So yeah, thumbs up. Yeah. <laughs> Let's talk um, about these rooms. Uh, Neptune, I think, is the easiest because it's an underwater section. Uh, we talked about the swimming being pretty empowering. Um, there's no real crocodiles coming after you. There's just barely enough air to accomplish what you need to accomplish. Yeah, but you know, you can you can make some kind of exploratory jaunts into it. Yeah, defines you know where the the turns are and stuff. Um, the Atlas room um, is this this boulder trap. Yeah, that is uh, that that kind of comes through. 
Um, remind me exactly how this articulates. So what happens is, uh, uh, like at the at the far end of it, at the very bottom of the slope, there is a there is a pit. Uh, it's a it's a two by one pit. At the very far end, there's a um, a spike trap. So you think, okay, well, I'm trapped between a a rock and a hard place. Almost, almost literally a, ro- a rocket in a sharp place. Um, and so you're like, okay, I'm, I'm, am I going to jump over the boulder? Or am I going to like try and run? Well, no, what you have to do is you have to run down and then just like drop immediately because oh, there's yeah. a safe spot and the, uh, the boulder will overshoot you and then you can climb up and do your yeah, thing. You can also hang on the ledge. Yeah, uh, yeah, which is a weird thing that you can you have to do that a little bit later, and like yeah. the boulder doesn't crush your fingers. Um, <laughs> there's a there's, yeah. there's a level later on that specifically requires you to do, to do those safety drops. Yeah. here you can just yeah. like drop down and then you know press up against the wall and you're fine. Yeah, and those safety drops are generally best practices. Yeah, uh, to kind of like hang off a ledge and then drop down mm-hmm. to reduce fall damage. Um, the Thor room is pretty cool. Yeah, um, these are these next two things are visually like weird and surreal. I like. Yep. Um, the Thor room. Uh, you start in a room with a kind of like a Tesla coil. Yeah. Kind of thing, and uh, pretty lighting out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For St. Francis, um, that was his folly. Was was time crimes. Um, <laughs> is this like a Bioshock Infinite kind of thing? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he was listening through the rift as somebody invented. Uh, yeah. So you just kind of go through this first. As somebody, as somebody invented a Tesla <laughs> somebody, coil. I don't know who invented the Tesla Whew, coil. I don't know. Yeah. Lost the time. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it just. Uh, I think it's named after the car. Okay. Um. Yeah. So there, there's uh they're shooting out lightning. So you just kind of avoid the lightning. The first room's not that impressive but then you end up in this giant uh chamber with a huge hammer like yeah. a big cartoon like a, hammer a five-story tall hammer yeah it's very silly like oh this is our hammer room um <laughs> see like, had a lot of follies this guy is really fucked up yeah, he's like he's a, totally getting, he was like an ancient greece version of Pee Wee herman yeah he's <laughs> getting fucking twisted making rooms like, <laughs> so uh you have to knock down this hammer uh so it knocks this block loose but it will kind of fall towards you in this huge like, exaggerated timber sentence and you have to dodge out of the way yeah like at the, at the last yeah. moment so like yeah. you stand there it'll rumble um if you don't stand there long enough it won't fall um and if you stand there long enough it starts falling you just have a couple a couple of seconds to get out of the way yeah um it's cool and good uh damocles is again visually interesting very surreal you walk in and much like the blade of damocles they have a bunch of swords that are hanging from the ceiling uh very interestingly they do not fall when you walk in you have to go through the room with the uh with the swords hanging over you get the artifact that you need you know the little key and then on your way back out then the swords start falling yeah and there's something like the aesthetic of these things, like this PS1 era, like super shitty polygon swords <laughs> Yo. falling down. Like it is a really weird, like Laura serenely, slowly walking out of this as swords fall around her. <laughs> it's very cool looking. Like yeah. this is you know one of the more artful kind of things that happened in this yeah. game, I think. And this is the kind of geometrical, um, just let, let, let's say uh, surreality that uh, that I really love about this era. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This this is this is a a good uh this is a good expression of it for yes. sure. Yeah. Yeah. So you have these keys and you have to use them all to uh venture forward into the Colosseum. Yeah. Yep. Um so this is a huge wide open kind of Colosseum. Yeah. Um you know and and you've got here in the notes the main gimmick being uh geometry but it's also really combat heavy. Yeah, yeah. Um like a lot of lions, a lot of like just, you know, bears, gorillas. Like things just kind of pop out a lot. Yeah. During this level. This is very, very shooty. Yeah. So the geometry part of this is it feels like they went to way more effort to try and obscure the cubist nature of this or the cubic nature of the uh, the level geometry. There's a lot more like rough hewn kind of stuff that makes it a little bit less apparent to like read the wireframe 
um, and uh, you know figure out what is safe uh, to make a jump to. Uh, there's also a lot of um, uh, kind of shimmying in this, mm, yeah, um, along stuff that is not quite squared away as you make a jump, hang, and then have to move over um, a little bit in order to make a safe drop. Yes. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah. Um, the inside of the Coliseum, once you kind of get to that, is mostly empty other than enemies. Right. Um, but the Underworks have this uh, these time switch puzzles, which it's like time switch puzzles that lead to other time switch puzzles. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I find that, like I said, I find these frustrating. I get what they're trying to test. I just mm. don't, they frustrate me a lot. Yeah. 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 Um, it's a little bit of a, 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 um, a missed opportunity to make the Coliseum so empty. Like there are enemies here. But you have so much space to like get around them and do your leapy jumps. What a good place to put the T Rex. Yeah, <laughs> like you're like at this point, in for a penny, in for a pound, right? Yeah. Like, like T Rexes you know? are on the table. I mean, Laura yeah. definitely took that T Rex off the table, but they're here. Yeah, imagine instead of the T Rex dying, it runs away. Like it could be Dupont. <laughs> it runs away. <laughs> it shows up in the Coliseum. <laughs> just you're getting stuck, like Laura Croft in the shadow of the T Rex. Yep. Like Laura Croft yeah. in the T Rex rivalry. Yeah. <laughs> into it you know um and it would have been awesome like uh there aren't very many like kind of uh set piece moments in this like other you know the t-rex is one you know the sword of damocles is one there are a few of them but there aren't that many yeah. i would love it if you came out into the to the coliseum and the t-rex was fighting all the bears and gorillas it's <laughs> <laughs> like at this point like what are you clinging to like why not go all in you know yeah um, that would have been amazing yeah <laughs> dupont was there just like cheering him on yeah he's shooting wildly in the fray. <laughs> Um, bang 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 (laughs) bang incredible (laughs) um yeah so um the uh so once you figure out how to get into the uh the coliseum uh you have the usual chain of challenge room kind of things in order to get the key for the end that'll take you uh to the aqueduct again i I kind of lost the plot with what they're trying to teach you here like they're just getting into um, hey, you know these concepts. Let us, you know, let, let, let's just try to do this. Uh, there's also like this is a huge uh, offender in the hitting a switch and the door opens and not knowing where the door is. Uh, that's yeah. a gigantic level. You have to run to all four corners of this thing in order to uh, figure out how to proceed. I don't think that you know when you're saying like losing the the plot on what it's trying to teach you. Like it's not like every level in this game teaches a lesson. No, no. It's like it teaches it to you early and then kind of just like ramps it up in a ways that are. I would say like half the time are fair and half the time aren't right as you go. You know, it doesn't have that kind of portal perfection where like everything is introducing something new and then it gets out. Right. You know, excess is a crime here. Mm-hmm. Um, it moves on to Palace Midas, uh, which is a cool level. Yep. Um, as you go through here, it has my favorite non-standard death uh, in the game, <laughs> Oh yeah. Um, which is just like really clever and cool. Yeah. Um, so the kind of centerpiece of this uh, level is a switch puzzle that's encoded with these strange symbols yeah. above doors. Um, and you're also where you're doing more, edging and platforming and, and you know, making more you know get, getting making sure um, you don't come too soon plat- platforming is almost a good name for that yeah like i'm just like you know plateauing platforming like i'm just getting yeah. right to the edge of, of things um you know kind of more uh more the uh platforming in a more extreme way yeah while coming <laughs> so. oh god just leaving a leaving leaving a shinobi trail behind you <laughs> um that's gross i wish i hadn't said that i'm so yeah. sad Nasty. Okay. <laughs> um, so so yeah you dial in uh kind of the code you have these five switches each of these doors have five symbols you just have to figure out uh, uh which of these greek symbols means up and down and you dial in which one you want to uh, uh go to and guess what is more challenge rooms hi yeah friend yep, yep. 
Yeah. yeah. This uh, getting to this and doing this, I found tedious. Yeah. Like yeah. going up and putting in the code. You know, because it's like it's not really a puzzle. You just have the information. Yeah, yeah. You can only see it from one angle. Then you, you know, get up on top of this platform to input it. Mm-hmm. Um, the only thing that's even close to a puzzle is one of them is missing the uh, the final entry, and it can be either up or down. <laughs> you know, so it's yeah. like the brute forcing it is not uh, not much of a thing. Yeah, it's, it's not asking. Um, it's, it's not the fucking witness. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it, it's a. Uh, I found this like a little bit frustrating. I wish that kind of just it wasn't there. Right. As a thing, like, why not just have these all open? Uh-huh. You know, I just don't know what it was adding. Eh, um, I mean, they were trying something. Yeah. yeah. It's just like, you know, it, it's not a puzzle. It's just a, yeah. a, a task. You know? Yeah. Um, I like some of these rooms because I do feel like they are teaching you something. So there, there is one room where you have these uh, flaming pillar platforms over water. Uh, they're timed, so they're, they're, they're jets of flame that'll show up. And what this is doing is saying, like, hey, you're not always going to have the time to, like, fiddle around and, you know, get the most favorable con- condition for a jump. You're going to have to chain these things. Yeah. Yeah. And and some of the most fun moments in the later half of the game, even though there are a few of them, are, like, these chaining jumps. Yeah. You know, chaining forward and then sideways sideways jumps, things yeah. like that. I mean, it's it's uh, cashing in on the confidence that you've built in the way, in, in the way movement works. Yeah. Yep, yep. Um, there's a room full of these, uh, kind of, uh, platforms that are on top of pillars mm-hmm. that are surrounded by spikes. Yeah. So again, it's just tough platforming, but, uh, the consequences are dire indeed. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then there's one where there's a, it's a sand trap room where you have to, uh, open up, uh, a switch to drop a bunch of sand and that will change it. It's not so much of a platform, but this is something that'll happen, uh, throughout the rest of the game is, uh, sand dropping in and, uh, changing yeah. geometry. Um, and this ends with a, uh, you know, this the very kind of like this combination of doing the, the little shimmy, shimmy slide mm-hmm. and leaping like a very advanced kind of platforming. Yeah. Order, to make your way to the upper rooms. Yeah. In order to get to like the rafter, uh, rafters of these places to get um, lead slugs, <laughs> um, yeah. you know, that are in the shape of what you need to, uh, you know, to, to, to slot in. But they're not they're not going to work. What uh, traditionally is turned into uh, turned into gold, Gary? uh lead lead yeah lead. so I, I was gonna answer i just wasn't answering <laughs> quick enough for you i know i was trying to come up with a joke that's why i was saying uh i can, can come up with a joke we gotta move it along um, gary I, I know i know we do i would like to put it as well <laughs> no, um it's... so yeah you need to convert things to lead and we are in midas's shrine yeah or whatever so that makes sense um you go into his uh his area where there's like parts of his statue in this kind of ozymandias sense mm-hmm. and there's just his hand there where you can put the uh the lead slugs on and turn them into gold it's like a little and, interactable item that you can you know get the yeah. prompt for yeah um but because this is a 3d platformer you can jump up <laughs> on top of it as well um which has like laura horrifyingly turning into a statue yeah she turns into uh, awesome. into a dural from uh from, from virtual fighter this is yeah. great and i love the way that she just kind of like tips over yeah, yeah, yeah. Makes that that clang. It's it's very very cool and effective. Yeah, I'm like, w- uh, I'm way into it. Yeah. Um, and also, you know, Laura's uh, in it for the thrill. Like she could literally turn every one of her unlimited bullets into gold right now, and like, yeah. you know, no no need. She's in it for oh, the thrill. Oh God, how great would it be if she just put her put her pistols on there and they became like double? Like if this was your uh, your Zelda, hey, throw your sword into the oh. in, into the fountain kind of moment. I might have. Did you lose this? <laughs> uh. Except it would be indecipherable. Yes, I, I don't. I don't even know how to pretend to speak Greek. But yeah, I, I, I have no idea. Pyro, uh, uh, yeah. Alpha Gamma. Yeah, yeah. Pyro Alpha Gamma. Um, so this is uh, after you do this, you don't walk on the hands. Uh, it opens up. Uh, you put those bars in. It opens up. Yeah, yeah. And there are these uh, really loud 
sends Fortress Trap. These, chunk, yeah, these stabbing walls that you can hear for like a huge distance away. Yeah. Um, these things. So there's just a metal, you know, it's functionally you know, a deadlier blade trap. Yeah. Uh, moves a little bit quicker, yeah. uh, but you have to get through those. Yeah. Uh, the trick is to like jump through them. However, they will uh, introduce them uh, uh, very close to each other and also staggered. So you have to figure out the exact correct time to start your run. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this moves on to the cistern, um, which is a really well, like, I don't, I don't like this level because I get, I find water levels really tedious. Yeah. This is um, straight up. Like anytime you have to change the level of water, I immediately, like I deduct uh, a letter grade. I, I do too. And I, I've read about it and this is a well thought of level in this game. Um, there is a weird kind of like people are kind of coming around on the water temple itself. Okay. From Ocarina. And I, and they're just like, it makes you think of the space in a different way. Um, which I think is true, but the thing for me is just it's always just going to be the the tax of like I have to make my way up here to make this adjustment. Right, right. So it, it, I think that these kind of levels discourage rapid iteration in a way that like I find frustrating. Yeah. Um, you know, just, when you come in, give myself give me a remote control. <laughs> like let me let me do it from different you know different places like without having to make the truck back every time yeah, because that makes it incredibly difficult to discern when you should make this change because the switch to make this happen is it's very early on in the level yeah um and if you do it too early this will make uh it impossible to get the keys that you need without like discerning okay it's impossible with the water up i need to go and drain it again yeah which it just becomes like a task it, it's it's the you know just because you, I guess what it's teaching you is like, just because you run into a lever doesn't mean it's time to push it. But everything but the game has told me that I have to yes. push the lever when I find it. <laughs> Finding the lever is often the goal. Yeah. So like to have this kind of be like a troll lever that does that is a little bit frustrating. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and they do a couple of things like they, there's a puzzle um, either in the next level or uh, we just recently did it where there is like a platform that moves. Like you pull the lever and the platform like shifts. Yeah. I think yeah. We, maybe we did that like pretty recently. Um, so, and, and you don't want to press it when you first get in. Yeah. It's like, fair enough. Um, they've kind of started teaching you that, but there's nothing to visually indicate whether you should do it. And you can just kind of end up, you know, wasting a lot of time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which at the end of the day is not that big a deal, but it, it's still frustrating. Yeah. It's, it's, it's this, still friction. Yeah. And this is around when I'm like, these levels are too long. Get me out of here. Yeah. You know, like this level is, 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 I don't like it very much. Next level is all right. And then yeah. I think that pretty much like the rest of the game after that, I, could take or leave right or i right. could leave you know yeah. i don't want to take it yeah i could leave the rest of the game um so um in a vacuum the cistern i think is very cleverly designed like if you know if i'm just looking at a perfect execution of it i think oh wow like this is like this is well done like i think it's yeah. very complicated i think that like the parts of it fit together pretty well it is just the um kind of groping around of figuring it out and wasting a lot of time getting from you know point a to point b when you didn't realize you made a mistake that i think makes it a little bit too tedious for me to say it's like an unqualified win it's it's it comes back to like stuff that we talked about in soul reaver where like these things that are puzzles and the way the puzzle expresses is you having to conceive of a gigantic space yeah um lend themselves to since you can't conceive of that gigantic space at one time you're not like looking at a puzzle and being like i'm going to try the solution you're looking at a solution trying it and then kind of seeing how it affects the rest of the puzzle yeah you know and then kind of going back so it, it feels like you know there are so many and soul reaver is way worse about this but there are so many puzzles in soul reaver that would be obviated if you could actually see the whole picture right you know like oh if this was if i was doing this from above you know as a puzzle game like if this was literally uh uh uh, so Sokoban, yeah. you know, as opposed to like effectively Sokoban, it would be no problem. Yeah. The only frustration is caused by my lack of perspective. 
that's mean, an additional the, challenge, but it's not like a mental like it doesn't feel like it's exercising my puzzle muscles. No, no, know? it like it is it is putting you at a disadvantage that is not made up for in any other way. It's uh it is the sacrifice or uh brutal legend problem when applied to uh, uh yes. real time strategy, right? Yeah. And that's why those games are nightmares to play, is just because yes, it's not realistic for my for me to have all the information. Right. You know, but video games have set kind of like, you know, nothing about this is realistic. And you're choosing your points to to kind of stick verisimilitude in, mm-hmm. you know, or or jettison it. And when you choose to, you know, this is the the super disempowering part that we're going to to do this. Mm-hmm. You know, and you're not going to do it to you know, it's to a purpose, but that purpose just makes a thing that would be easy with one perspective hard with another. Yeah. You know, people have been salt and sanctuary too. Like it's it's a it's a real thing. Like what you're choosing to show the player can make things that in in another medium would be no problem. If the challenge is exclusively there, it's not challenging on its own, like I think you might be maybe doing something wrong. It's why um, first person mode in Dark Souls is a uh, is not something they built in, but a fan translated thing that is designed specifically for Lobos. Yes, yeah, they <laughs> they, uh, you know, they they shipped him a copy of it, um, you know, because it doesn't it it doesn't work very well, you know, it just doesn't. Uh, and you could say like, yes, it does add extra challenge, right? But that's not the same thing as like meaningful challenge. You right, know, there's something right. to the the difference between those two things, like, and especially when it comes to these kind of puzzles where like. You know, a successful puzzle operates a, a a real specific thing in your brain. Yeah, I could you know? probably eat and eat and pass a bunch of wood chips. Yeah, yeah, it would be difficult. <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, but it's it's all that challenge is caused by the fact that you don't have real food. Right. It's not caused by the fact that like it is a good and fun and appropriate challenge to eat wood chips. Yeah. You know, it is a bad challenge to eat wood chips. Don't kink shame Gary. Don't, don't eat wood chips. <laughs> 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 so uh like like this is this is a gigantic level um and pierre shows up pretty often here actually yeah. oftentimes in places around machinery vents um uh, and a couple of different like platforming challenges where you're going to be up on uh you know this sequential series of jumps and he will just be taking pot shots so you have to figure out the best way down mm-hmm. yeah yep um those are very frustrating where you can't actually get to him right you know, and you can't you can't shoot him because the uh, what I've been doing at this point was, like I said, getting behind him. Yeah, yeah. that was that was my move. And when I couldn't do that, uh, I found that very frustrating. Mm-hmm. Um, the cistern itself is this gigantic room um, that, again, we, we we talked about. You can fill it with water and fill some of these side paths out with water. Um, uh, when it's empty, you have to kind of uh, platform around it. Yeah, um, in order to get up to where you need to go, the the final goal here is to find some keys that, so you can open the uh, the series of doors at the very top. Yeah, it's a bunch of keys too. This is the thing with like the two rusted keys and the the three silver keys, right? <laughs> yep, and then the golden saying, key, I think. Yeah, yeah it's it's you're, you're just moving up the Olympics, you know, uh, keys. <laughs> yep, you know, the, 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 keys. The, the rust metal. <laughs> yeah, 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 that'd be awesome. Like, there's just like one little stand on its own as a milk crate, like off camera. No, it's just a little pit that they that they dug, yeah. so you can barely yeah. like look at. Yeah, so your head sticks out. Yeah. yeah. Uh, um, um, yeah. Um, and also, I love when you try and use uh, an item on a place where it doesn't go. Lord just says no. Yeah. <laughs> um, I love. I also like how cartoonishly huge the keys are. Oh, yep. Uh, in this, they're, they're real, like, keys to the city. <laughs> yep, they're all like, keys to the city. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, so you get it when you get out of this. And we didn't cover every little individual thing you're doing no, in this puzzle. No. Like, I mean, that's you, you kind of get around it through a lot of trial and error and moving around. And yeah, swimming. Th- this is going to speed up here because like we've introduced a lot of the mechanics and unless something is especially egregious or especially cool, we're not going to like zero in on it. Yeah. Yeah. And I would like to speed up as well, just because like the end part, I don't I feel like I don't want to be labor to the point too much. That I think no, the end, no. like just assume like for the next several levels, it is, you know, too big and bland and there's a lot of death traps. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you fall, you get out of the stage, you fall through the chute, <laughs> ended up in the uh, the tomb of uh, Tihokan. Yes, um, and this opens up with some more underwater tunnel tunnel wrangling that leads to uh, what this level is mostly about, which is these technical jumps with close quarters uh, and these traps, like a lot yeah. of instant death swinging blades uh, that are obscured. Um, and also, like, um, if you don't time it exactly correctly, you're going to take a shitload of damage uh, either way. Yeah. Yeah, so this is where you can really start feeling the uh, the atrophy of uh, not having done the secret things to get a bunch of health pickups. Yeah, yeah. You know, because uh, you can make it and, you know, just end up taking a lot of damage. And it's like, well, I made the jump. Do I want to reload and risk not making the jump, even yeah. though I took this damage? Like, do I want to take this kind of fearic victory? Right. It's like partial victory. Yeah. Um, the middle portion here is this uh, level where you push this block around um, uh, to basically just to unlock these doors. It's kind of strange that you have to do this because, like, as you're doing it, you uh, unleash these animals from places. There's only one that you have to put it on, but you're also getting pickups. So there's nothing that stops you from just pushing it on there, uh, killing the animals and going going and getting the stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, this had, this uh, leads to eventually once you go th- one of those doors to this large underwater cavern uh, that goes to the shrine door where we uh, <laughs> these uh, mutant centaur. Cha- oh man, cool! I think we missed something in the notes. Oh yeah, what did did we? Um, the first we did, I think. I think it's uh, like way back because one of the uh, the the first time they show a mummy before they're animate. What? I think it's when. Uh, so the, I mean, you might have done this, and let me let me. So this is a. Uh, Way back when we grabbed the idol from the first area. Okay. In the tomb in that room, there's two, Yes, there's two yeah. mummies. Um, since I just shoot everything, I killed one of those mummies before. Like, it didn't come to life. Nothing happened. I just killed a mummy. So I just shot it and didn't animate, and then it fell down. What? Yeah, the, like, that mummy will come to life. Huh. Or, or like, or has a hurt box. Like, right. maybe it just, you can kill it. Right, but, like, but the, I, the, I the definitely killed that mummy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, because I know we run into mummies later. Right. Like, and and um, these are not like lowercase, you know, hey, preserve body mummies. These are like mutants that specifically will run around and like shoot shit at you. Yeah. 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 Huh. Um, wow. Yeah. That, that's so, yeah. very strange. I, did, I, just, I just had a weird memory. I'd, I'd forgotten about that until now. Yeah. Uh, I, I, read it the- I didn't uh, do that. <laughs> when seeing, seeing these statues come to life. Yeah. I, I try to shoot everything. Yes. Or uh, a <laughs> Yeah. Um, <laughs> But yeah, like these these begin as statues, but as you approach them, they break out of their stone shells and then just start like lobbing flesh bombs at you. Yeah, it's a, <laughs> such a such a bummer to fight. Yep, like I I really don't like fighting these things. It, they take it, a lot like, of hits. It's it's a wonderful surprise moment. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. and it, and it's explicitly supernatural. Like the thing right. you're fighting, you know, like not that there haven't been supernatural elements before, but like I feel like this is taking it up a notch. Yeah. Um, you finally get to the tomb and here's our buddy DuPont and finally you get to kill him. Um, you know, which again, you know, I'm not taking satisfaction the way that I think the game wants. No, me to. no, because I've unloaded so many clips into this, into this man. Yeah. Uh, hundreds so of bullets. Yeah. Yeah. Like and there's hundreds no, and hundreds of bullets. like, there's no guarantee that like he's going to go away entirely. Like I wish I could pick up his body and then just like load it into an incinerator. So he <laughs> beat it, beat it into a spike trap, you know? Yeah. Yeah. 
um, but you have to kill him to get the 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 skion piece the scion piece um and then we get cutscenes. Laura reading uh, reading this mural about Tihokan, which was uh, one of the two just rulers of Atlantis who died right before his civilization fell. Yep, yep. And we get a, a chapter cutscene here, yep. where uh, Lara assembles the two uh, Skion pieces and then gets a vision of this horrible beast and some wizards. And it's like, okay, <laughs> it's, um, it's really surreal what happens here. It looks like yeah, it looks like a Soul Reaver kind of thing. Like, hey, this it is... does, it does. Or um, I was gonna say it looked like uh, from Legacy of Cain. Specifically, oh, yeah. like it looks like a Legacy of Cain cutscene to me. Yeah. Um, and what a Deus Ex Machina to you. Like, and then the, the sky breaks and scatters, and she recognizes one of the places of Egypt, and that's how she knows Egypt is for the, for the third place of the Skion. Right. Like yeah. she literally just dreams it. <laughs> I was like, okay. So let's jet set. Da 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 da. da. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And hang off to Egypt. The uh, and this is I I feel like Egypt's pretty bad. <sighs> yeah. This is where it falls falls off of a uh, uh, yeah falls into a pit. And, and part of the reason why is it's so bland looking. Mm-hmm. Like I never really need to explore another pyramid in a game. No, like it's the color uh, of sand is not that exciting to me. Yeah, your sta- your sandstone bricks and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. We just uh, we've we've lost some kind of visually interesting stuff, and there's not very much variety in the levels here. I feel like like the, like there are gigantic set pieces and stuff, but like it is a, a, a couple too many sphinxes for my taste. Yeah, yeah there's just <laughs> not that much about you know enough Egypt iconography for them to use. They don't lean into it like effectively, right. which is weird because the last level is really bonkers and weird. Yeah. Like the last level does in like, a way that it, I really appreciate. So uh, yeah. <laughs> let's let's move forward from here. This doesn't need to be a four act game. What I want is Egypt to rest on top of the ruins of uh, of Atlantis and then just have the uh, the pyramid stuff slowly transition into the weird contra level biomod stuff that yeah. uh, that we see in Atlantis. That'd be great. Like slow, you know, slow creeping sense of corruption as you like go deeper into Egypt. Yeah. You know, as opposed to it just being like an equally long section of the game. Yeah. Egypt begins with the city of Kamun, um, and Egypt is the best evidence that all of these used to be one gigantic level, mm-hmm. um, just because you do double back on yourself. Yeah. Can you imagine, though, like, you know, the, like, seven-hour level this would be? Yeah, that'd <laughs> Or, like, be... whatever, like, you know, maybe not quite that long, but it would be, it'd be ridiculous. Yeah, that'd be way too much. Something I'm appreciating uh, playing Dead Space is that every single chapter is, like, an hour <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's really well it's really well contained. Yeah, um, and even then there are kind of micro goals uh, within it. Yeah, you know it, it's uh, it's paced really well, I think. Yeah, um, yeah. So this is uh, Egypt has a lot of block push, pushing puzzles. So much, <laughs> um, and it's in kind of limited space. Um, you know, it's not quite as like Sokobani as Soul Reaver is because it's right. to a purpose. Like the blocks are navigation aids. Yeah, or, or you know, or like you know, getting uh, exploration aids. Yeah, but it is. Uh, it is frustrating yeah. to watch. Like the the, lim- the limited available space just means that uh, you're more likely to, to uh, block yourself off or put yourself, um, you know, into or hinder hinder yourself by making an incorrect move. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's also full of the weirdly tankiest enemies in the game. <laughs> like for some reason, these like, like these Jaguar things like take more bullets than anything. Yeah. Like uh, I have no idea why. Yeah. But like if you haven't been like stockpiling good ammo and stuff, you're you're pretty much, you know, you're in a rough shape. Yeah. 
Um, but again, these move very quickly. Um, you can kill them. It's not like the stockpiling is not just like, oh, you can't kill them at all. You can plink them down with your regular pistol bullets. You want to kill them quickly yes, so they don't yeah. hurt you. Yeah. Yes. Um, this, this also introduces uh, <laughs> these mummies that uh, run around on all fours like dogs. Um, they explode when they die, and that is not fair. Yeah, that sucks. <laughs> I hate that so goddamn much. That yeah. is a huge fuck you because oftentimes, again, you know, if you're not finding these secrets, which shame on me for not doing, I guess, um, from this game's perspective anyway, um, you're going to beat one of these by the skin of its teeth. And if it happens to be a little bit close to you, then you're just done. Yeah. Yep, yep. Um, and, and I can't even imagine, like, going through this with save crystals because this is, you know, this is about the part where I had to kind of move over to PS or move over to my PC exclusively. Yeah. Welcome to my um, hell, Gary. Look, I'm partly because <laughs> I was just I was so, like, mad and cranky about it. You know, I was like, I got to get this done. Yep. Um, but also just because of things like the exploding mummies, like, yeah. this just doesn't feel fair. Like, it doesn't, you know, <laughs> and it just uh, how many, you know, how many potentially like great games are altered or, you know, offered up on the altar of difficulty? Yep. You know, like how we have to make this really challenging at the end and you just shoot yourself in the fucking dick, you know, <laughs> happens all the time, man. Yep. I just, uh, you know, um, so yeah, so this, this these levels suck. Mm-hmm. Um, you kind of, you move through, eventually you get to your, your big set piece, your Sphinx yeah. here. Um, you have to actually make your way through, through his chest, uh, yeah. in order to, uh, to get to this block puzzle. Yeah. Here. I cannot remember. I made this note about the block puzzle. I maybe could have been specific. I try and at least call out something, uh, something unique about these. I don't know what makes this block puzzle unique. Well, like the fatigue is real, right? Yeah. Like this is, this is like, I've seen a lot of blocks. Like I've seen <laughs> a lot of jumping puzzles. Like it does all start to blur together. And, uh, I want to emphasize because like, it is sometimes true that our opinion can be colored by playing things on a deadline. Like that was it, not really the case. Here. No, no. I mean, I beat this uh, like you did a week ago and I was yeah, trying it, to beat it quickly, you know, because it fits into a schedule, but like I played this over the course of several days. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't something I rushed. I played through like, you know, probably, probably longer than that. Like I played in, you know, shorter sessions over longer than that. Cause I got ahead right. on other stuff. So like, it wasn't like just, you know, oh, you know, these guys are just sick of it because they have to beat it by a deadline. Like I was just like sick of it and everything was starting to seem the same. Yeah, it you was know? it was hard to go into it. Like yeah. it was it was hard to motive to motivate myself to pick it back up. You like, know, I could literally be playing circle. anything else and having more fun, probably. <laughs> right. At this point, you know, which sucks because the parts I mean, when you get to the wrap ups, like the first half of this game is genuinely great. Right. Um. Yeah. So you eventually the way you get out is you uh, kind of pour more sand down. It's like a variation on the water puzzle. Yeah. Kind of thing almost. Um, and you move on to the obelisk of uh, Kamun. Yes. So the centerpiece of this is a large chamber, again, with the titular obelisk that has yes. keyholes on each side. We're back to the, uh, the I guess, the six paragraph essay. Yeah. <laughs> the, the thesis. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. The master's <laughs> thesis essay. Right. Um, so there are four pretty well hidden paths uh, to go find the switches. To lower these bridges, um, bridges get switches. Um, yes. <laughs> to, to, to to find these four artifacts that you need um one of these chambers is just shimmying for a half hour <laughs> yeah you shimmy very slowly yeah. and like when they when they introduce the shimmy as like a, a constant kind of thing yeah. this is also there's a really uh intensely hidden secret here too where you can pull yourself up in a place where it doesn't look like you can oh wow uh, to find it find a secret here it's one of the few that i found yeah um and it's just like it was just a, a weird geography uh, you know it, it's taking advantage of the uh the blocky ps1 ness to hide <laughs> yeah um once you get all these artifacts in place that you get to in these these four paragraphs uh you get to uh open the door to the sanctuary which introduces our third level here the sanctuary of the skiam 
Yes. Um, and this is, uh, it, it takes place outside of and inside of a gigantic sphinx. This is, again, very technically impressive for 1996. I don't want to take it away from that. Uh, you're yeah. in this huge chamber, like the draw distance is incredibly far, even the, even though the detail is very low. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like you, you are climbing around to hit these switches to finally open your way inside. Yes. And fighting lots of monsters. Yeah. These gigantic um, pterodactyls. There's nothing naturalistic now. No. Yeah, it's it's we're we're fully through the looking glass of centaurs, <laughs> mutant mummies, and pterodactyls. Um, the it's one of those things too where like the the series gets uh, kind of shit on for like oh like Laura fights a bunch of people right as it moves on, but like is this that much better? No, you know absolutely it, it is, not. You know I, I I was talking about how like for the first half of the game like I like that there's combat because it can kind of happen at any time, right? You know I still think that's true. Um, but when you get these kind of real bullet spongy enemies, like like everything in the game, it just continues past, you know, past the sell by date. Yeah. You know, everything just continues ramping up and growing and growing until it just kind of metastasized into this, like, not very fun experience. Yeah. And even when you're shooting these pterodactyl enemies, these flying, you know, these flying mutants like that, them exploding after they die, like it will be approaching you flying directly at you. You kill it and then all of its pieces rain down on you and then you die. Yeah, <laughs> like because you have no way to move, you have no way to avoid it because it is coming at you when you're clinging to one particular square on the side of this wall. Yeah, <sighs> and there's there's a, it's a real lose lose thing because you don't have um like a lot of space to dodge in a lot of these areas. Um, if you don't, you know, if you know he's going to explode, it's like, well, okay, don't shoot him, dummy. Well, it's like he's just gonna chunk me. Yeah, <laughs> then you know, and I think you're just supposed to meant that you're meant to just have the ability to kind of like soak. You know, I just need to soak up some damage from this. Yeah. You know, uh, but it's just like, you know, I, I, I don't. Um, so not one. Yeah. Bit. Real bummer. Yeah. Um, so the challenges get a little bit more tactical here. Like there's one section that requires you to know to slide down a slope backward so you can do a safety grab. Yeah. Yeah. Which there's no there's no uh, penalty for that. Like it just drops you into a bunch of water and then you have to figure it out. Like I, I dig that kind of thing. <laughs> we're just kind of like hey just figure out like you, you can go down these slopes either way um yeah. and, and these these safety grabs end up being pretty satisfying in the way that uh uh knowing how to do a jump where you grab on at the very last second is uh is satisfying yes yeah yep, yep um yeah what else happens here um the the if you go to head to the back of the sphinx from here there's this kind of flooded chamber because it's yep. been a little while since we had some water yep um <laughs> And uh, kind of moving from here, navigating from there, you work your way back to the beginning of the level in order to uh, open the door to the exit here. Yes, to the uh, the the actual sanctuary where the where the skion is, and this is where you have your final battle with uh, with Larson uh, for this. Yes. Again, you have to kill him because he has it on his person. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, and it's just it's not like a specifically exciting battle or anything. It's no. just a battle. It's in a pretty generous um, uh, arena as well inside this gigantic tomb. Yeah. Yep. 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 Um, yeah. And then, um, so we get this little, uh, like cutscene here, right? Like outside the ruins, um, the bad guys show up and take, uh, the scion pieces from Lara. Um, and the Natla shows up Yeah, and she's like, Hey, shoot them, idiot. Shoot her idiots. Like <laughs> with, with her, uh, with, with, with her menagerie of goons. <laughs> yeah. Her, her tree. There's three guys. Like this is like, this is the weird, this is the three paragraph essay, like broke bad. Like there's three guys who are, are menacing you. <laughs> Um, and, and she's like, well, shoot her, you know, like, what are you doing? You know? Uh, but you know, Laura jumps away and, uh, leaves off this cliff into a river, um, you know, and kind of gets pursued, uh, 
in the uh, on and stows away on the way to Atlantis. Yeah, she does a, a, motor, boat, uh, a, a motorcycle. motorcycle jump. <laughs> yes, like, you know, drops her uh, drops her motorcycle into the water, so it become the it can become the basis for some kind of reef, I guess. Um, yeah, and, and then and then stows away. No, notably, yeah. she doesn't have her weapons anymore because you know they made her drop all of those. Yeah, so getting your weapons back is going to be a theme of this next area. Yes, for the boss, Natla's mines, uh, yes. which is resting right on top of Atlantis itself. Yes, where she has been mining Atlanta technology um, here, and this is a <laughs> more said modern Atlanta again. Uh, <laughs> they're basically like if you don't yeah. think that Atlantis, listen, sheeple, if you don't think that Atlanta <laughs> is the reawakened form of Atlantis, I've got a, a YouTube for you. Yep. No, everybody is looking yeah. at Denver, looking at Denver, saying, "Hey, what do these symbols mean? What is built underneath this? It's way too yeah. big." No, no, How that is a everybody false flag. In the ATL has fucking gills, dude. <laughs> Do you think Ocast has that flow if they couldn't hold their breath for a really long time? Like, <laughs> give me a break. Yeah, that, that that episode of Futurama was not uh, it was not fiction, not no, fiction. At no all. episodes of Futurama. Are fiction. <laughs> yeah. No. Okay, so we're in Atlas Mines, uh, and I want to die at this point. In the yeah. I just I just want to point out that like I couldn't care less as to what happens to anybody, and I hate everything that happens from here on out. Like even when it's kind of goofy and fun. Yeah. Yeah. The end boss of this is the same as the second boss in Neo. It's like a giant bat lady, and I still Ugh. don't care. Like nothing is fun anymore. <laughs> like, it's just I've lost the ability to take pleasure. Yeah. So let's uh let, let, let let's motor let's through and chug because, yeah. because at least this is this is goofy. Yeah. Um, so the problem with Atlas Mines, like, it's great that we're in a place that is like full of modern technology. Like, okay, it's a it's a nice little change of change, change of flavor, right? There's so much backtracking in this. Like, yeah. it's like a shuttle run. You run yeah. to one end of the level, press a switch, and that opens up a door at the very other end. We have to go into that, do that, press a switch, and then run even further in the other direction. That is all this level is. It's because there's a lot of hazards between there, and they're trying to like plink you down. Yeah. You know, like a lot of times, like not so much in this first area, but. In this kind of section where you have to do a lot of this backtracking, there will be, you know, traps yeah. and shit between there. And they want to expose you to those traps kind of over and over. Yeah. Not a not that big of a fan of this. And like this, this is a part where it breaks down a little like it's not like the switches make a lot of sense in the in, in the previous levels. But like when you when you're at the end of a tunnel and pull a switch and that activates the motor on the boat at the beginning of the level. Yeah. <laughs> what, what is, you know, because this was made by a character we know. This is Natla. Yeah. Like, we know that. It's not like an ancient civilization where we can't understand their ways. Right. You know, this is just a person. Yeah. This is our boss. Like, this is the person <laughs> who hired us. Like, you know, it, when this starts acting unbelievable, it stings more. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So you kind of avoid, you know, avoid boulder traps on your way uh, to find these fuses through the level, which power a crane, which is holding a trailer that has your pistols in it. Right. Um, why they decide to scatter your weapons to the wind like parts of a lich, I don't know. Um <laughs> You just get your pistols at first, so you can do a series of boss fights to get your other weapons back. Right. So, like, Natla sends her cowboy after me. Yeah, oh, you mean Larson, the other the other southern guy? No, it's another cowboy. <laughs> it's, it's her, her array of cowboys. Her, like, that's what was in the rest of that uh, that trailer. It was just, like, fle like like fleshy gummy you know half-formed cowboys with hats yeah it's a it's it's the hank and dean vats except with yep. cowboys she shellacks them down with some skin spray and then gives them a six shooter and sends them on their way you know <laughs> dips them in some milk and then they're good yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so um so this guy he kind of comes out of nowhere it's kind of startling too because he speaks 
um, and his voice is omnipresent, like, ah, it's nothing personal, ma'am. And then yeah. just opens fire. <laughs> ding, 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 yeah. ding. <laughs> um, a little further in, there's a, uh, there's like a, like an open quarry, right? Yeah. Uh, that has a skateboard kid coming at you. Yeah. One of her, one of her, uh, employees is the character they added in Streets of Rage 2. Streets of Rage 3. Uh, skate. Skate, skate, uh, skate team. Yeah, um, who's got a pair of Uzis? Like this is the coolest guy in the world, man! Yeah. Like you know, just skating around with an Uzi in each hand. <laughs> Step over, Fonz. We yeah. got a new king of cool in town. Oh, this guy's so cool. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and it, it just—it is like you know, it is like we said, it's bonkers, right? It's just at this point, like I said, I I, I can't take pleasure in anything anymore. So it's it's. I want to like this, mm-hmm. you know, and I want like a game that leans into that kind of stuff. I appreciate things like that. Like, right, I like, right. you know, your God's hands and your revengeances and stuff like that. Like, yeah, I like this kind of like, oh, man, this is this is something. And it works to a mechanical uh, purpose because he's on skateboards. He moves way quicker than yeah. uh, other humanoid enemies do. He moves more like one of those one of those Pumas. Yeah. 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 You know, so it is it is like kind of a challenging fight. and It's weird. and It's kind of random. And stuff. I'm just like so ready to be done, though. You know, it's like literally cut off my head. Yeah. Like let this end. <laughs> Jeez. A little okay, extreme. I, I have to have this. Test me for rabies, like I'm a bat. Like I, I need, like I need this to end. So it is very funny when it happens. I'm just right? like I'm so sick of the game that like, you know. And you had save states. I just want to. I just want to. Yeah, one hundred percent. Like it is, and and that's not nearly as bad. It adds a special kind of tedium where, like, I'm in a menu half the game, but right. like, it it's just you know, I was just ready for it to be over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so somewhere in here, they also introduced the lava, um, oh, which are yeah. just blocks that set you on fire when you when you land on them. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, just because that would look a little bit less goofy than having spikes everywhere, they serve a very similar purpose. Um, uh, like kind of like we joked about at the beginning of this. Uh, there's also just lava seeping out uh, from the walls that you're shimmying across, so it doesn't yeah. mean an awful lot. No, it's just it's, different theming. Some lava is worse than other lavas. The other yeah. stuff is just hot ragu. <laughs> the uh... Del- you, mean, you mean from uh from 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 Three's Company? Oh, that's a big ragu. Okay. Uh, okay. Okay. Man. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, yeah, I definitely, I definitely got your Three's Company reference. Um, uh, anywho, uh, you you kind of make your way through this, uh, you know, fighting the skateboard kid. Um, there's a like this this like area that you eventually fight a third goon to get your uh, shotgun. I think. Yeah, yeah, he's dressed all fancy. Yeah, fancy goon. Um, and you get you, after you do all these things, you do your three paragraphs. Um, you get this cutscene where Natla has placed the scion. Or Skion on the altar, causing an orb to blow up uh, above the pyramid. Right. Explode. Yeah. Um, and this somehow opens the way into Atlantis. Right. Which somehow is like life force. Like, I don't know why. What it, For something that like is Atlantis, does this take like what is one of the, you know, what's the first thing that comes to mind when you think of Atlantis? Um, Like aquatic people swimming around underwater. Yeah, like an underwater element. Yeah, you know, yeah. like and it's like, why is this Atlantis? Why isn't this just aliens? You know, I just don't. It has nothing to do with Atlantis. I do like re- like recontextualizing the myth. You know, yeah. like that's fine. Yeah, it's just it's just kind of weird that like mechanically or even really story beat like wise, it doesn't have very much to do with the sea. Right, right. You know, we're um, kind of post water level. In this. <laughs> 
Yeah. Um, I do really dig the way this articulates, though, because you get these kind of like osseous corridors where it's like, oh, like this is where bone marrow would work. Like it is life force. Like you, yeah. like, like, like this is organic matter that you're walking through. So like in terms of like an escalation, uh, I'm I'm pretty down with that. Yeah, it, it and it and it's right after the pyramids. Yeah, which were were excruciatingly bland. You know, so it, it's like it, it does visually look interesting. Yeah, it's like bone you know, and, and muscle and blood vessels and stuff. Yeah, I, I think that's a, a kind of a you know kind of turning it a little bit into a video game cliche, like a little bit. Yeah, like the, yeah. You know, the the walls are alive. Like it always works on me. But last episode of Contra know, or last uh, yeah, mission of Contra. Contra. Yeah. Like it's just it's everywhere. Yeah. You know, it, it just it, it happens a lot in video games. So. Yeah, yeah. But I'll always be down for creepy, gross stuff. So, yep. <laughs> um, so like in Atlantis, this is uh, as combat heavy as the uh, as the game has been yep. so far, just because it is full of these mutant enemies, um, and they're specifically like bursting out of these spherical life pods um, and coming down. So you can clear an area, and then more will be introduced as you as you do stuff in these gigantic arenas. Yeah. 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 Um, this also introduces a lot of like uh, uh, doing platforming off of uh, slopes as you're jumping along these pyramids, uh, trying to avoid uh, boulders and stuff like that, jumping into kind of these cutouts uh, for safe places. Um, again, just up, upping the stakes there. And and kind of chaining them. Yeah. You know, which is, which is, you know, never gets unfun when you eventually get it right. Right. You know, it feels really good. It looks badass. Like it is pretty empowering. <laughs> right. Yeah. But this is an incredibly long level. Um there's a, is. a weird room with like this boulder puzzle that requires you to understand that boulders will disappear after you leave. So like you run in a boulder blocks the door. You have to push a block in the boulders way, leave and come back. And then the boulder will be gone. and It'll be rolling down again. There's nothing that makes sense about that. Very no. little about the game makes sense. I was so angry. I had to look up uh, on YouTube <laughs> that that was the solution. I was like, come the fuck on. Yeah, yeah it breaks. <laughs> it breaks its internal rules. Right there. You know, which that that really that sucks. Yeah. Um, you move through. There's some more leaping puzzles in this like kind of room with these this giant spinal column thing in the middle. Down with it. <laughs> Down with it. Yep. Um, there is a uh, this lava wall thing that kind of like pursues you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, to this hallway that is a dead end where you have to. It's not one where you leap out, you jump off the edge. No, no, you just it have is, to like. A, Understand there's that side. there's a safe place to jump up to and mantle up to. Yeah, there's yeah, you know, and and again, like your camera's not pointing at that. Like no. it is just kind of a feels like a trial and error kind of thing. <laughs> How about this uh, Silent Hill ass room with the mirror Laura that yeah. uh, has no skin? That's it's, it's very like that's again pretty good. It definitely stepped out of a different game though. Like yeah. it's you know it's it's like okay uh, <laughs> you know, and I, I get the like again the hypocrisy of like. This game doesn't have enough imagination. And then when it shows imagination, complaining about it. Yeah, no, it's like, not uh, the imagination. It's like this stuff. The side stuff is cool. It's just everything. The play stuff is not working anymore. Right, right. You know, so like, it, like, like th this is a fantastic idea taken in a vacuum. I wish I wasn't as exhausted when I got here. Yes. Yeah. yeah that's really, that's really what it is. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then you make your way up to the altar. You make this kind of final ascent up there. Yeah. Alter. Um, and just like I cannot like under un, uh, I cannot overstate how much combat is happening here. This is the first time oh, that yeah, I had yeah, to yeah. level skip actually yeah. was because like the, the 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 door to the end of the level was so heavily guarded by these by these centaurs that it just became untenable to uh yeah. to, to 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 try and continue. Yeah, huge resource drain and just kind of, you know, uh draining you down as you, as you make your way through here. Very very frustrating. Um 
down to the level to where like my resources were so scarce. I knew there was still more game uh, to where like I was like, OK, I'm going to try dodge this fireball. If I don't make it, I'm going to to reload Bull. and just try to fight again. Like, yeah, you know, my the, the clocks that you get at the end of the levels are in no way representative of like how long it actually takes. No, no. So this ended up actually being like not like, I guess not one of the longest games we've done for the show in a, one, a single episode, but kind of up there. Yeah, yeah. You know, and especially in how much of that was like repetitive, non-valuable playtime. Yeah. You know, like I've done this before. I just, I'm <laughs> just trying to do it perfectly and it's hateful. I'm just trying know? to get through. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, so uh, at, at the end of this, you get kind of a flashback. You get this uh, cutscene of these, again, techno gods of Atlantis uh, putting Natla herself into stasis. Right. Saying, hey, yes. you know, you have used your power and you have used our technology um, to kind of create these abominations. And her justification is she wants to usher in the next evolution of man that we have gotten soft um, and complacent by our lack of adversity. Yeah. So, like, is is this a, a good development that makes sense with the rest of the game? Like, not really. Like, Natla <laughs> is not like a, you know, this is not a good character or a three dimensional character. But like, at this point, we are just firmly off the deep end right right you know she, you know, is, so she, she is a thousands year old demigod it is the end of a david cage game <laughs> like this this game like starts like a david cage game and ends like a david cage game in a different genre like story-wise <laughs> you know yeah um so then she wakes up she has this like one mega mutant uh <laughs> who she's creating uh this thing and i love how you pull out this line because it is really awkward <laughs> um she's starting this mega mutant because we're gonna have this boss fight with mega mutant <laughs> um, <laughs> with ultra torso yeah yeah <laughs> the torso the torso boy where like you know you like usually like that's mad they'll, they'll throw you away and use you or something like that and she goes like too late for abortions now <laughs> so edgy uh, they were right yeah. on the edge of commentary yeah it is uh <laughs> yeah i mean again you know and, and and like i'm i'm as uh literally as pro-choice as they come yeah uh, the thing is born so it's like <laughs> i you know that's as, as lefty commie pinko as i am like i will say once a baby is born you shouldn't abort it. yeah yeah so like i'll go that far i'll give you that right? <laughs> you know it's your one concession it's my one concession as part of the so-called tolerant left i will i will allow you that so when something is born if it's a torso right i want some more so <laughs> <laughs> give me torso give me some more yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> so so yeah it is it is incredibly ridiculous um so laura's like okay well i've got to stop this she natalie tries to stop you and then just falls down a pit yeah yeah where the <laughs> thing does as well and you end up doing this boss fight with giant torso yeah uh at the beginning of the great pyramid this level yeah. um this is... fight is frustrating because it's on a not a very narrow platform but um torso getting hit by torso is a big deal right and uh you have to uh, uh you know it's very easy to jump off a ledge yeah. Because, you know, you're not doing careful, considered movements. You are jumping to dodge uh, in a relatively constrained space. Right. So I jumped off this ledge a bunch of times. Yeah. Um, and even the perfect perfect execution of this, uh, shooting it with magnums, it takes two minutes of sustained shooting to kill this Yes. Set. That is two, minutes. two with, whole with... minutes. Again, it magnums. doesn't sound like an awful lot. It is madness. Yeah. <laughs> magnums. <sighs> Yeah, uh, not that big of a fan. This thing just looks really goofy too. Um, like, yeah, it yeah, doesn't we've... look. It doesn't look good. No, and like it's a gigantic torso. Just looks incredibly awkward. Uh, how crazy is it that this game starts off with a fight, or this uh, this level starts off with the final boss? Yeah, that is really weird. Yeah. at this point, I wonder if it was never supposed to. I mean, it wasn't supposed to be a level, right? It just it just uh, cuts to it's it's another one of those artificial cuts. Yeah, I guess. 
Um, but you 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 do your two minutes of sustained torso fire, <laughs> um, which you know, well enough. Okay. Um, yeah. yeah. And the the entire rest of this level, again, after you've killed this final boss, it's a final exam where getting a single question wrong will cause you to fail it and die. Yeah. Yeah. This is this is trap crazy. This is as hateful and trap filled as it gets. Yeah. Um, tons of mutants, um, lava, boulder dashing, uh, boulders, you know, dashing at you like, mm-hmm. you know, things like that. Like it is it is ridiculous. Tons of slopes and the slopes are it's kind of hard to puzzle out exactly when they're going to be ones you fall off of. If you reflexively jump because you land on a slope, it's probably into a death pit. Mm-hmm. Like this is excruciating. Yeah, uh, actually, like this is, <laughs> this is like one of the like most hatefully designed miserable levels I think we've ever covered for the show. Yeah, and I I, I gave up once I got to a point where it was like, okay, you're going to slide down a pit and then onto a uh, uh, onto a safe spot in front of a swinging blade that is surrounded also by spikes, and then as you're trying to line up your jump and time it, oh, a boulder comes down behind you and kills you. It, it's like a really bad DM design. This, yeah, I mean, it's, like, this it's, is I want to be the guy. Fuck, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is this is uh, this is it. Like you know, hateful is the. I know I said that a bunch of times. That's the only word I can use for it. Like it is hateful. Yeah. Um, getting through this, um, and then we're not going to detail all the traps, but pretty much no. every way this game has to kill you, it gives them all. You know, it puts them all together, mm-hmm. and like the argument being like, oh, it's the end of the game. It has to. You know, if you're going to do that, do it at the end. Like you're not going to do that. No. Yeah. Like, there's no inevitability to, to having this kind of thing. This isn't what I signed up for. This game doesn't lend itself to, I want to be the, the guy style, you know, instant death traps. Right. Like, this right. Kind of constant basis. Nothing is like nothing before this has had the stakes this high, like has yeah. required, has been this dense with instant death moments. They've been there, you know, they've been there since, since Greece. Right. Yeah. You know, they, 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 they've raised it up and the first the first half of this game is such a nice, such a nice, gentle slope of, you know, of, of teaching and testing. This is a complete um, fracture in that curve. Yeah, it feels it feels inconsistent in a way that like just like brings down the, the general quality of the product, I think. Yeah. You know, because it's not something that's worth, you know, talking about. And this is kind of gets a little bit ahead in the world world of final summations is like this is definitely the nadir of the game, you mm-hmm. know. And uh, but it's been running on fumes for a long time before this. Right. Through, so through like, most of Egypt. Yeah. Like we had and, and you get some visual spice and some plot spice once you get to Atlantis, but you don't really get that much play spice. Like it's not that fun to play through. Yeah. I think, you know, even before this like death trap hallway, it's still, you know, tedious and a little bit, you know, unfair feeling. So mm-hmm. like it's not just about like, oh, you know, a bad ending doesn't ruin a game. <laughs> it's like well like a bad like a bad literal second half can do a lot to yep <laughs> no kind of suck like it's it is half you know i like it, it is most of like or almost most of the game is not good mm-hmm. and the weird thing is just like the stuff that's great is so great mm-hmm. that it's like still kind of mandatory playing it is you know it's such yeah. a it's such a what a weird funny thing let's talk about the ending real quick and then get into it because like yeah. i'm you know we gotta we gotta put a put a in this yeah yeah um you get to the end boss fight who for some reason natla grows gigantic mutant wings and flies around like she resident evils out right um, um and, and she she dies twice like she she goes down you can't escape because she just gets up again and you just have to fight her again like yep what what a mistake what a, like that's not cool it's not like you know it's not the the resident evil end where it's like oh you thought you killed the thing on the train but then it shows up on last time right she just literally lays down for a little while mm-hmm. then gets back up <laughs> um it it is uh it is asinine yeah uh, <laughs> like, i'm 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 not into it and also again this is just a lot more sustained shooting 
as you're oh, kind yeah. of like dodging her, her projectiles. She also just likes to hang up in the rafters. Yeah, <laughs> and you just kind of do, do some fun weights. Yep. Yep. Um, to moiter, you know, just... <laughs> Yeah. Uh, um, so there's an escape sequence. You know, the period of, the pyramid is collapsing. Thankfully, there isn't that much instant death in this. You just have to like get out and you know escape out the side and then slide away. Yeah. Yep. And you get this final cutscene as the volcano uh, slash pyramid erupts, and uh, <laughs> like Laura escapes in her boat. Yeah. Like she gets on the boat and skips. You know, she's got her shades on. She's, you know, what a fine mess we've gotten into. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then that ends up being the game, and I was like furious. <laughs> <laughs> so bad and how, how stupid and bad this gets at the end like, yeah um so but let's let's be positive because i think the weird thing is like you know, I think we're both pretty positive on the game. Yeah. Despite like, <laughs> how much I hate, like, a lot of it. Yeah. Like, if if, if I wasn't playing this for assignment and if I, if I could have just cut bait after Greece, this would be an amazing technical platformer, like a 3D Prince of Persia. I, you know, if you think about it in those terms and just the thing that is that it is asking you to do and uh, the, the how good it feels when you actually do it, chaining these jumps together and narrowly avoiding death, like, this is a dopamine machine in a lot of yeah. ways and just the fact that they were kind of kind of inventing a lot of these rules um either before concurrently or shortly after mario 64 kind of defined an entirely different kind of 3d platforming is incredibly laudable yeah. as long as they didn't overreach and just try and make it you know tough for the sake of being you know being tough um like this is this is tremendous and so like what a lot of people would have would have experienced on a rental is the best part of it you yeah. know and and I think you know even Allison who like you know who suggested it and it's, you know it's a game she really loves like never beat it you know right. she's like she couldn't get to the end and, like she you know uh, Twitter me at some point she's like yeah I'm really sorry for the last you know the late last levels of this game <laughs> you know and it's like you don't you don't have to be sorry about it no. like you know this is our job this is what we do um, we go through it but it is like it's telling that the person who cared about this enough to like suggest it for the show mm-hmm. uh, you know, or mandate it for the show also didn't get to the end right like I think it's you will you will be very hard pressed to find somebody who loves this holistically. Right. You know, this is a, this is a very popular beloved game and a very popular beloved series in which I feel like most people probably don't love every part <laughs> of every aspect and definitely right. don't love, you know, even when you hear people talk about it like nobody uh, cuz when I was young I played this but I didn't I didn't get to the end. I got no. to um I want to say Midas. Yeah. Um when I was young. Um I had no idea that like Laura, Laura goes to Atlantis and fights mutants, <laughs> you know, and it doesn't really show up in her mythology. Like, it's not no. a thing that people really talk about. And it's because I think people, you know, on a rental and or just got frustrated and got a certain point in this game and kind of quit mm-hmm. um, and or had a way better experience for it. Yeah. You know, it just like it, it just could have ended there. <laughs> you know, it could or could have ended, you know, take all the best things from Egypt and Atlantis and make it into, a, a, you know, a, a slightly shorter act. You know, and uh, and bada bing, like you have a great game, mm-hmm. you know, as opposed to a game that's like it's very like it's good. It's important. It's yeah. the things it does are really interesting and laudable. It is so hard to recommend. Like, I would never recommend anyone play all of it. Oh, no. Like, like it is so cheap. Like, I, I, I just just on a whim, I bought the uh, the the GOG version of one through three on DOS just in case I would need to uh, uh, get it. It like it's regularly like 10 bucks. I got it for like three dollars. It's always yeah. on sale. 
<laughs> yeah. So you can dip in and do your first, like, a significant amount of, you know, your six hours or seven hours of, like, fun play. Yeah. But, uh, and get everything you need out of it and have a really good time with it. Yeah. The the, the fun part is building the competence with the way the mechanics work. Um, the unfun part is when they put that to way too stringent of a test. Well, it's also, it's it's not just too stringent of a test. It's a test that, like... Oh, lasts way too long. <laughs> the last way too long and that the combat part of it is not deep enough to maintain these tests right so like that is you you get the sense that they're trying to test all three pillars of like tomb competency <laughs> at the end but the combat in this game is is very shallow yeah. you know even when it's fun and, and like kind of joyous you know to do it and it i like how it integrates with the other parts of the levels like it is very very shallow so making this emphasis on it uh is not like a meaningful like test at the end i feel like yeah so uh and and the the consequences uh, for everything like you can ramp up consequences, mm-hmm. uh, but this just it just goes too too far. Yep, full throttles it and like a real bummer because I think the the first half of this game is like really really excellent. Yeah, I like kind of must play if you're curious about the uh, about like man just like right out the gate in 1996 making a yeah. 3D platformer that is this competent and this satisfying. Yeah. And and if you like uh, like cinematic platformers, like if you mm-hmm. like that kind of thoughtful uh, platforming game, yeah, you know, because it's not it's not a thing that I feel like we see nope that often. Like this is kind of a that's a genre that is on the wane, mm-hmm. you know, uh, because the the, the tw- twenty thirteen Tomb Raider is not that remotely right. You know, like it, it's uh, there's jumping, but it's not this kind of like super considered, you know, thing. And that's just we didn't don't run into that very often. And it's a cool kind of game. Mm-hmm. Like it is a cool. Uh, uh, I like those. Yeah. So. Um, it's, it just sucks that it wasn't the opposite. Like it doesn't like you, know, I, I'm ending this with a bad taste in my mouth, whereas I would like to, you know, feel good about it. Yeah. But, um, I'm very happy that we played it. Um, yeah. I, I think that this is an important episode for us to do. It's important, an important game for us to cover. And I'm happy that Allison lit a fire under our ass to do it. Absolutely. And, you know, just big thanks for the support. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. So thanks Allison. If you, uh, if you have anything to say about Tomb Raider, it's too late, but if you have anything to say about Dead Space or SSX Tricky, um, you can hit us up at duckfeed.tv forward slash contact. Yep. Those are the two games we're doing next, playing Dead Space right now and really enjoying it. Mm-hmm. Um, after that, uh, we are going to be covering the um, uh, 3DS exclusive um, kind of uh, small tactical RPG, Crimson Shroud. Yes. This is something. So you listen, Jackals, you like your JRPGs. <laughs> You're getting two of them this year. Um <laughs> Which, uh, which is rare to do, but one of the reasons why I can do that is because Crimson Shroud is uh, incredibly special. And uh, it is very short. Um, you should play through it. It encourages multiple playthroughs without demanding them. Um, so if you feel like doing that, you can go into New Game Plus and get a little of extra content, but you don't have to. Um, it is the Final Fantasy Tactics guy. Um, and it is uh, one of the most successful like kind of illustrations of his aesthetic, I think. Hmm. Um, he's somebody who I realize, like, I like Vagrant Story a lot. I love Final Fantasy Tactics as somebody who's kind of lukewarm on 12 and the rest of that kind of extended universe. Yeah. Um, I really, really like this as an expression of his sensibilities. Nice. It's kind of like dirty medieval take on Final mm-hmm. Fantasy. Yeah. Um, really excited to do it. And uh, yeah, one of my favorite, uh, all-time favorite JRPGs. Yeah. It's like six so. bucks on 3DS too. Like, fucking do it. Go. And you've never played this, right, Cole? No. God, no. I'm really excited for you to play it. Yeah. I've like, played, uh, I've played other re- stuff from that from that crop of like, hey, Nintendo's going to commission these <laughs> these games to show off the 3DS, but mm-hmm. uh, but never this. The um, the other thing about this is it is explicitly um, made for, to ca- you know, to cash in and uh, uh, on the D&D aesthetic. 
<laughs> like, and not, not just D and D like aesthetic, like beholders and stuff, but tabletop aesthetic, like yeah. uh, dice pools and rolling dice are a part of the game. Nice. So it is, uh, and your characters are miniatures. Hmm. Uh, so you, you, it is about, it's like a game that is a JRPG that is a tabletop game, like doing a really cool fusion of JRPG sensibilities and their roots in D and D, like how everything is rooted in D and D. Yeah. Um, it's very cool. Yeah. So what you're saying is somebody explicitly crafted something, a a bullet meant directly for your heart. Yes. (laughs) It is. Well, I mean, a JRPG is not a bullet for my heart and it just, it happens to be, it just, it just works though. It's like, they they put a tactical JRPG, which is exactly what you need. (laughs) Yeah. It is. Uh, it's very good. Yeah. Um, yeah, we're doing that. Uh, part of the reason why we're doing that in SSX tricky, they're shorter games and we're doing it so we can uh, prepare for the live show Mm -hmm. that we're doing at the Midwest gaming classic. Uh, in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, uh, it is taking place the weekend of April 7th to 9th. Yep. Um, we, uh, we're probably going to be performing on the 9th. We're still working out with the, uh, with our liaison. Yes. There. Um, but, uh, if you are in the, uh, the, the, the Northern Midwest, or if you can get there easily, we really encourage you to come out. Even if you're not crazy about, uh, pilot wings, um, you know, like that, that shouldn't, uh, determine like <laughs> whether or not you come or go, uh, it is there to, we're there to hang out. We're there to meet folks. Um, and we're there to have a good time. Yeah. We would love it if you came out. This is a smaller show. Yep. Um, you know, we, uh, uh, we kind of lucked out like the Portland retro gaming expo is the biggest one in the country. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's very easy for us to do that. This is a much smaller show and, uh, you know, we're not going to like, like make money from it. Right. You know, we're, we're doing it to, to meet people. Right. So if you're able not to guilt anybody, but if you're able to come out, we'd love to see you. Yes. Um, we'll do a meetup. We'll have announcements on all of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, jazz. Also, you know, if you're a fan of old game podcast, uh, retronauts are also going to be there. Yeah. Uh, doing an episode, which is cool. Yeah. You get to meet um, them. They're such nice people. Yeah. Yeah, and we get to hang out with them, which we like too. Yeah. It's it's win win win. Um please uh please come on out. Yeah. Um what else is uh important? Mm-hmm. Uh so the Diggity Duck bundle, we haven't done an update on that uh since we released it. Uh that uh you can get by going to uh duckbee.tv slash store. Uh buying that, all of the proceeds go to uh go to three great charities. Uh so far. Um, 197 people have bought it, uh, netting those charities, uh, $3,245. That's fantastic. Yeah. Um, this is also, as we're recording, the, uh, Duck Spring community events going on right now. Yeah. So um, many so, people have streamed. So many people have, uh, have like shown weird, strange games and yeah. Yeah. It is, it is, it is a very cool thing. Um, you know, by the time this comes out, it'll be done, but thank you for everybody who tuned in, who, uh, participated, who donated, uh, signal boosted all of those things yeah uh duck spring right. differs from duck stream it is not just us you know me gary and the and the house boys and steve gainer weirdly enough uh this is people mm-hmm. from the community listeners from the shows and uh people who participate in the slack uh who have kind of stepped up to do uh, uh, uh an event for the transactive gender center on the opposite side, opposite side of the calendar from us yeah uh, people like you um, we're also recording this at the time, um, and this will come out at the time that the atomic Kickstarter is still going. Yep. If you have not backed, uh, that Kickstarter, I would encourage you to do so. If, uh, if you're interested, it is, um, it is my second book in the power world series. This one based on the world of fallout, um, teaming up with Nick Dan- Daniel again, uh, to do art. And, uh, it looks very good. Um, it will be really cool to have this little burgeoning collection. Uh, a couple people have asked me to do a tier where, uh, you get both books, um, and I worked with the distributor to figure out a way to do that. So, uh, by the time you're hearing this, if you were interested in that, you can, uh, get the entire collection if you missed out on souls of darkness oh, great. and get both of them. So yeah. you're going uh, to have to print more of those pretty soon, aren't you? 
I'm I'm gonna I'm thinking about it. The economics of a second printing of something like that is is difficult because yeah. it's, it's such a huge upfront cost. Um, I'm I think I probably have about 150 left. Oh well, of okay. my stock. So uh, you know, a couple a couple boxes. Yeah. But uh, I mean, so that that'll be a limited tier as well. The uh, the atomic tier that comes with both of them. Nice. But yeah, um, you know, I would really appreciate your support if yeah. you uh, if you're willing to. And uh, it's not uh, this is it's not like the Patreon. It's not just asking for support or anything. It's you know, pre-ordering a book. Yeah. And I and I think you'll like the book if they hit so, uh, a, a stretch goal. There's an audiobook read by me. Yeah, Cole will read it. The and it's not like you know, Brayton has a beautiful velvet voice. I have I have I'm blessed to be around a lot of good voiced people. <laughs> You guys heard Nick Glauber? Um, <laughs> I, I just, you know, a lot of people with really excellent voices. So this yeah. one, uh, Brayden did the first one. Cole's going to do the second one. I, I have full faith that you will do an excellent job, my friend. Yeah. Um, and uh, I would love to I'd love to make that happen. Yeah. So, yeah. and we have lots of time left. There's still a good, uh, there's still a good chance. The, it was wildly successful out the date, uh, out the gate. And uh, it's kind of slowed down a little bit, but that happens in the middle. Yep. Um, I'm expecting a rush near the end as well. Yeah. But uh, don't wait. Do it now instead of doing the rush. Yeah. So go to Gary's uh, uh, Twitter account. That'll be pinned to the very top. Uh, that is yep. uh, twitter.com slash Gary Buh. G-A-R-Y-B-U-H. Yep. And you are at Cole Ross yes. on Twitter uh, if you want to check out cool stuff. And this is something we never talk about. If you want to get show announcements and stuff, you should follow Duckfeed on Twitter. Yes. Yeah, Duck- we don't do it on pers- our personal accounts. No, so. no. It's uh, it's at Duckfeed TV. Um, those go out uh, either. Uh, so I, I publish uh, show release annou- announcements and also deadlines for uh, um, for any kind of uh, uh, like show response kind of things. Uh, that is a great way to do it. Those also go to our uh, our Facebook pages for this show. It is facebook.com slash watch out for fireballs. Um, and those pop up on all of the other shows um, via the weird little web app that I that I use. Um and finally, one great way you can help us is to back us on Patreon. We talk about it a lot, but uh, there's a tier you can back at that uh, you know uh, gets us that gets you a special thanks on an episode. So we would like to thank uh, David Petroco. Thank you, David. Somebody yeah. I interact with on tri- uh, Twitter yeah. frequently. Um, Zane Relith Fjord, which is as we mentioned last time uh, in Bonfire <laughs> Chat, an excellent name. Um, and also, uh, thank you very much for your support, Zane. Yep. Somebody has been around for a while. Um, yeah. Jackson McCarthy Huggin. Thank you so much, Jackson. We've met you at PRG a couple of times and it was a, a delight. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Uh, yeah. Brandon Goodrich. We've also met as well. These are all people who have been around for a while. Yeah. Um, thank you, Brandon. Brandon Goodrich. Actually, I th- I don't know, yeah. I don't know if we, we may have met Brandon. I, we know of him. We met him I online. So, not. I, I, so he sent me, I don't know if I'm giving too much information. He sent me a, a couple of postcards from, uh, from Alaska. I don't know if he oh, lives okay. there or if he was up there, uh, but that was uh, like that was explicitly like, hey, uh, I like the level a lot. Let's uh, let's distribute those along. So like Brandon is uh, fantastic. Yeah. Oh, thanks, Brandon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then uh, and then Mike Niehaus. Thank you so much, Mike. Uh, Mike. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Mike. Really do appreciate it. Yeah. Um, yeah so that, that's probably good. I think so. Um, until next time, what should they watch out for? Cool. Um, they should watch out for third act dips. Mm hmm. Yeah. Umbasa. Umbasa. Mm-hmm.